In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. <laughs> What's up, you guys? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Monday. This is your Monday edition. How was your weekend? Was it good? It's 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 definitely getting busier, isn't it? It's it's almost no. Dare I say too much? <laughs> um, I I I can't wait. So today, uh, let me just explain. It's a little different. Uh, Sophie Ross will not be joining us today for the the pop culture roundup. Uh, we have instead one of my favorite guests, Kelly Williams. You might know her as the Laguna Biatch from the podcast Nostalgia and Now with Laguna Biatch. And she uh, she was so nice to fill in. But Sophie, unfortunately, couldn't join today. And, and I just got to say real quick up top, uh, this is definitely a comedic podcast. But, um, you know, if you've been following Sophie's social media, what I love about Sophie is that she is one of the best, I think, pop culture commentators out there. And I laugh so much um, with her and reading her stuff. But she also makes like some really great points. And I know she has been suffering because a lot of people are suffering right now. And there's been a string of just, I mean, there's a lot of hate out there right now. And I think we've had a, a slew of hate in this past couple of years. But there's a lot of anti-Semitism going on right now. And also, I want to say that I am sometimes I hesitate to speak about this stuff because I'm educating myself still. I'm not 
I, I wish I knew so much more than I do. And I'm learning, but it's hard to decipher, you know, everybody's posting Instagram info pics and, and I'm trying to do research and I'm trying to understand Israel and Palestine, which I think um, is, seems like it's pretty impossible because this has been going on for so long. And uh, uh, I don't know, it's a scary world out there. But I know Sophie um, just is been dealing with a lot and and psychically and mentally that's just a lot to take on um but i always want to point out um i stand behind sophie um a hundred percent and i was um uh, you know of course i i miss her on a monday and she'll be back next monday but uh we have such a great replacement and we have such a great conversation today i know this is starting off a little seriously but i i can guarantee you there's 10 fart jokes in the first hour. No, I mean, it's a great, it's our, it's a great podcast, but I just wanted to say that up top. If anybody was wondering what was going on is that, you know, probably not the best time to be having tons of laughs, even though Sophie is a flipping pro and, and would have been able to knock it out of the park. But I was, um, I was, uh, yeah. So anyways, that's where she is. She'll be back next Monday. Um, but also just go follow Sophie. She, there's so much great information on all of her social media. Um, and I just really, I, I can't say it enough. I just really respect her. So, um, moving on, like I said, I hope you guys are well. Um, me and uh, Kelly, uh, my guest today, she's been on a couple times before. I really strongly suggest go subscribe to her podcast, go listen to it. I just, she's also just genuinely, a good person, you know, you, you know, when you talk to somebody and you're like, Oh, that's a good person. You know, you, there are those people in life. You're like, Oh, you're familiar to me. Like we would have been friends in high school. I love people like that. And I feel like a lot of us podcasters and a lot of us people that like this stuff, we're all kind of those people, right? Like any of you guys listening, I'm like, Oh, we would have been, and isn't that funny that we always kind of, or at least I do. I always kind of judge things by high school. Like everything's a, I wonder if I'd be friends with that person in high school, which is so funny because me and Kelly actually do talk a lot, a little bit. We had a little bit of a rant on high school in this, but we cover everything today, you guys. And the funny thing is this is two hours and I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. So Tuesday's episode which will finally be the return of Bill and Becky Bailey, my parents. Also, if you are just listening for the first time, what is up? How the fuck have you been? Where have you been? I'm so glad you're here. Um, this is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. This is about all the pop culture we love to hate, but I also want to uh, emphasize we love, you know, the hate is less than, you know, it's, it's always about the love. And I, I was talking about that with Kelly in this interview is that it is so you know, it's like, <laughs> I love, I love to love, but you know what I'm saying? Like all pop culture is, it's just about the joy of loving something. But I think that's the same thing with kind of hating something in pop culture. It's, you're still talking to it. Like, I mean, I, I love that. I, I love to hate Jax. You know what I'm saying? And I also want to point out, uh, what I was just talking about with Sophie. I just want to point out, I don't agree with hating anyone or anything unless it's Jax Taylor. I think that is the one thing we need to, I wish I could tell that to everybody. I feel like that bonds us together, our hatred of Jax Taylor. <laughs> um, but uh, no, this interview is wide ranging. We cover the little Nas X had a wardrobe malfunction at Saturday Night Live's season finale uh, this past Saturday, which I thought was great and led us into a conversation about other famous wardrobe malfunctions. We talk about the mental state of one Justin Bieber, who, by the way, we did this interview earlier today. And then by the time we had done the interview, you guys, big news, Justin Bieber shaved his dreadlocks. 
he is clean shaven again. And by, may I point out, seems like he might be working with a little bit of male pattern baldness. And I respect that. It's not something that I deal with, but Justin has a lot of things that I don't have. So the fact that I have one thing up on Justin, that's great. But yeah, he shaved, no more dreadlocks. So that is something to look forward to. We, of course, talk about Kendall Jenner's 818 Tequila. Her tequila company had a huge star-studded bash this past Friday night. We talk about that. We talk about Demi Lovato um, uh, identifying as non-binary and i'm trying to figure out exactly what all that is and and uh demi seems to be having a bit of a rough time uh in a lot of different capacities which we've talked about a lot uh recently on this podcast uh but we i mean you guys we cover the hills new beginning the hills new beginnings because of course kelly williams is like the She's like a master class in Hills information, so I get her opinion on the new season. Um, we talk about In Sync. We uh, we talk about the new Olivia Rodrigo album. Of course, we do. We talk about the tenth anniversary of Lady Gaga's Born This Way. I mean, we talk. We just hit everything in this. So I think you're going to really love this conversation. I know I I had a great time having the conversation. So hopefully you're right there with us. Uh, also on Tuesday, I need to tell you about my weekend. I had a big night at Tom. Um, I got a lot of dirt on the new season of Vanderpump Rules, and so I will be telling you guys all of that hot little information, that hot goss on Tuesday, um, as well as just so much more, because I wanted to talk about the Friends reunion, uh, which is going to be airing this Friday. I didn't get to talk to you guys about that today. Um, uh, I I hate to say this, but I got to get into the Michael Che, Leah McSweeney texts from a couple years back uh that'll be on tuesday's episode um and of course i i need to finally talk about the life of courtney stodden and how it relates to chrissy Teigen. so that will be on tuesday as well um but today is just a great conversation real quick before we get into that though i just want to quickly tell you this week's TV and movie schedule. I think there's some like little cool things happening. Just want to make you guys aware. Uh, Remember, Shaws of Sunset, new season. Uh, Their second episode was tonight, Sunday night. And I got to say, last week's Shaws of Sunset episode was was really great. Um, Don't sleep on Shaws of Sunset. Remember that's out there. Um, so Monday and also watch what happens live is on a break until June 6th, 6th tonight was their last new episode with the, um, the cast of, um, Handmaid's Tale and then they're on break until the 6th. So let's see. I want to, oh, Married to Medicine episode 12. I think their season finale was, uh, Sunday night as well. Um, on Monday on Bravo, you are going to have Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which I just really love this season. I really, really love this season. In fact, I was talking to my friend Colleen. She was just mentioning she started, she's never seen season uh, season one, just season two, and I have not seen season one either. I I hear it's very bad, bad. so I think season two, you're fine. I'm also looking at the Bravo schedule for the week, and I got to remind anybody working for Bravo that's listening Please dump Chris Lee Knows Best. Please. They're airing Chris Lee Knows Best at like 11 p.m. tomorrow night on or tonight on Monday. There's just no need. We don't need. We don't need that. Please. Please stop. I'm begging you. Please stop. Uh, on Tuesday, May 25th, they're uh, rerunning Vanderpump Rules all day. And then, of course, we have Real Housewives of New York City, Episode 3. And this is wild. Episode 4. 
They're doing two episodes? Wait, is this right? May 25th, 8 p.m., season 13, episode... This can't be right. Hmm. Well, who knows? We'll, 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 I'll fill you back in on that on... on oh, wow, that's weird. Is that real? Um, real... <laughs> Um, Wednesday, uh, episode two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I thought that was a great season premiere, so I'm excited to see that again. Plus, uh, we have the second part of the reunion of Real Housewives of New Jersey, and that will be a wrap. It's only a two-part reunion for New Jersey. Um, So sorry to see that show go. Thursday, May 27th, we have Million Dollar Listing, and we have Top Chef. Last week was Restaurant Wars, you guys. Great season of Top Chef. I feel like they're firing on all... Uh, cylinders right now as well. So that's kind of the week in Bravo. And then remember, next uh, Sunday, I believe we have uh, the Married to Medicine uh, reunion, Shaws of Sunset. And then the week after that, uh, I believe Family Karma season two is going to premiere. So keep your eyes out for all that stuff. Now, in terms of regular TV, um, today we had season three of Master of None, the Aziz Ansari show. Um, that premieres season three. But in this season, I believe Aziz is only um, on the show here and there. And this actually focuses on uh, Lena Waithe's character. Um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what that's like, but I know Aziz wrote the whole season and I believe directed some of the episodes. Um, we had the 2021 Billboard Music Awards tonight hosted by the one and only Nick Jonas. We also got to see Drake bring out his son Adonis on stage. Uh, the kid is cute as a button, but he also like, he was crying very badly. I hope he got, I hope Drake spanked him. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. No, but like, imagine your dad being Drake and then imagine Drake bringing you out on stage for like thousands of people. And the poor kid was just not having it. That has got to be a scary as hell thing for like a little three-year-old to like see, you know, also Drake needs to drop the album certified lover boy. I think that's the album he has. Um, he's been shaving that little heart shape into his hair. And I think he was supposed to release the album like six months ago. And it's very sad that, I mean, it's like, He's got to be tired of having somebody shave that hard in. Like, it was probably fun at first and would have been fun for the album. But, like, come on, man. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, you're six months in and you're having this shaved heart in your head. I just, I feel like it's like the weekend when he spent a year on this last album dressed as, like, the plastic surgery face guy. I mean, come on, man. We, we like your music, but you don't need to do that kind of stuff, you know? I love you, but you don't need to do that kind of stuff. Oh, also, on Tuesday, I got to tell you, I met, um, I finally met Emily Clayton. You know Emily if you um, uh, subscribe to my Patreon, which please go subscribe. Um, she does all the Summer House recaps with me, and she's been on the main pod a couple times too, but we've never met. Like, there's so many, there's so many people I'm close to that I have not met in real life, and I know that is completely bizarre. Believe me, I know, but I was so happy to meet her. She uh, came to Tom Tom with me, and and we just I, we had a blast. It was so, you know, it's so funny when you um, when you you talk to a person a lot but have never met them. When you do meet them, like I was like finding it hard to look at her, and then I was just I was like, whoa, that's just that's Emily. I, I know her really well, but I've never, you know, <laughs> this is probably creepy as hell. If she's listening, but you're like, oh my god, I didn't know like. This is how she looks when she talks. I don't think you guys can understand. It was just bizarre, but like that wore off uh, pretty quickly. And she was so awesome. I can't wait to tell you guys more about the night. Um, let's see here. 
anything good. There's a lot of TV out there happening. Uh, I don't think you guys care about NCIS Los Angeles. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, a lot of series uh, season finales are happening. Uh, the Voice season 20, that reality show, finale night one of two, airs on 8 p.m. on Monday. That's tonight. Uh, there's a docu-series on ABC about Mike Tyson, if you guys are into anything like that. Uh, Wednesday, let's see, Chicago Med season six finale airs, which by the way, that's so wild. Last year I was on season five finale of Chicago Med and it was crazy because that was when COVID was happening and I had no idea that the episode was going to air. Like all of a sudden people were like, I see you on TV. What? And they just, they had to shorten their season because of COVID. And so it like, they just cut up all the scenes kind of weird. And, uh, I play a guy that is, um, stealing his friend's insurance. And so he ends up on this wrong medicine and his leg, my legs completely blow up and got all pussy and stuff, which if you guys have been listening for a while, I told the story of having to get these leg casts made. Like they flew me to Chicago, but I had to do all the prosthetic works in LA and they had to have like a team of four people build these leg casts to put on my legs. And the process of making the leg cast were the one of this, I have an Instagram story, like where it was just like, I had to hold myself up while they were like slathering all of this thing to create the leg cast. And I was like, Oh, this is easy. It was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. Like I was just sweating, like, cause the, the leg cast itself, when they put on all like the, the cement kind of material that dries your leg ends up weighing like 80 pounds and I'm and you had to kick out your leg for them to slather it up. And this process took like hours. I mean, it was just like, you think about like being on a TV show, you're like, Oh, that sounds kind of glamorous. And then I'm naked in my underwear where like three ladies and two men are slathering up one of my legs while I'm just sweating on them. It was the farthest thing away from glamour. And it was like one of those moments where I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna get more into podcasting. I think this acting thing is, uh, it's pretty rough. It is pretty rough on Thursday, May 27th. We have the challenge all stars season one finale on Paramount plus, uh, and we have the friends reunion on H HBO max. I'll talk a little bit more about that on Tuesday because I, uh, it, it was very shocking to see some of it. it. It's weird. It's like your own life flashes before your eyes because you remember when you were a kid watching friends and you're like, fuck, it's already been 20 year or however many years. Like it's all just going too fast. You guys, uh, Friday, May 28th, Cruella, the, uh, the Emma Stone movie, Cruella, about Cruella DeVille, the Cruella DeVille story, premieres on Disney Plus, where you have to pay an extra amount of money with their premiere access program, or you can see it in the movie theater if, uh, I mean, we're going to have to start going to movies again. Wild. That is crazy. But Cruella, it is so funny. I never, like, I watched the Glenn Close version of Cruella DeVille, and of course I've watched the uh, cartoon that all of this is based around, but I never was like, you know what? I wonder what Cruella's origin story is. And now we get to see that origin story. And I just feel like, I could be wrong, but it just seems like way too serious, where I'm like, come on, guys, Cruella DeVille, right? <laughs> Um, and also I've got to watch this. Everybody keeps talking about it. This mayor of East town with, uh, Kate Winslet, everybody keeps talking about it. And I, I should have learned my lesson because I started watching the undoing that Hugh Grant 
Nicole uh, Kidman show that was on HBO. Like, I started watching that too late. I loved it, by the way. And I should have. And now I think they're like seven episodes in. But I hear it's amazing. On Sunday night, Twitter just goes wild for Mare. And I think Twitter just likes making fun of the name Mare and the Philadelphia accent. But I, I hear it's also just really effing good. So I got to I gotta check that out, you guys. You got to check that out with me. So uh, that is what to watch this week. Uh, I'll add more stuff to it as, uh, as I learn about it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you every day. Also, uh, there is something that I will be announcing. I think it's done. I've signed... I've signed something. I've got a lot of stories already. Uh, but thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to listen. Um, and please listen this week because I think there's going to be a couple switchovers. And I need you. I need you to show up for me in terms of uh, numbers and stuff. And I'm really excited to make the announcement. So uh, you guys, without further ado, here is your pop culture roundup with the one, the only, Kelly Williams, Laguna Biatch. Welcome to your Monday episode, folks. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Today, we are so lucky to have one of my favorite people I've met out there in the world. Not only does she have a kick-ass Instagram account, not only does she love, love pop culture the way that we love pop culture, but she has a fantastic podcast that you do need to check out if you haven't already. Uh, it's called Nostalgia and Nostalgia Now with Laguna Biatch. Kelly Williams, the Laguna Biatch is here. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Like this is uh this is the perfect I love these Sunday conversations where it gets to be a little bit more pop culture centric and not just bravo centric. Mm-hmm. And it's always like you are the perfect person for that because I feel like you love pop culture as much as I do, if not more. And I think there's something really exciting when you like it's it just it's fun to like shit. You yeah, know? definitely. I, I completely agree. And I love to celebrate with people who love things just in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I know that's called like, like, I guess, you know, quote unquote stand culture, but I, I want to get away from even that term because it's just like, I just like shit. We just all <laughs> like stuff and I love to make fun of stuff. Yeah. But more than that, I love to love stuff. Like it is so fun to get home at night and have a full DVR of things that you want to watch or a new, or uh, being an old man listening to Olivia Rodrigo's new album. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, it is so funny that I still have the same uh, relationship to pop culture I did when I was like nine years old, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think I was reading like People Magazine at like nine or 10 with my grandparents. So it's definitely stuck with me forever. I, I remember, you know, my parents would let me get one magazine if we went to a bookstore or something, and it would always be People, Us Weekly, or it would be, uh, there was a Hollywood pub- publication that's still out there called Variety. And okay. uh, I, w- I was grew up in Kansas, and Variety, they, my parents would be like, why is my eight-year-old son getting something that tells like box office figures and like foreign, <laughs> like I knew what like foreign box office was, and it would be like Buffo B.O. box office in Gotham. And I, I didn't realize as a kid, Gotham meant New York. I always said Gotham was like Batman's area. So I got <laughs> really confused. But um, I think I love that I still love this stuff. Like, I know it's weird that a grown man, but at the same time, it's so not weird. I feel like pop culture is one of the, I think that's like Americana to me. Like this is, I, I think America's best cultural export right now is our art. You know, it's the thing that travels the most. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And if there's one consistent in my life, it is that celebrities will be messy. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I mean, do you have the same kind of vibe where it's, you know, we, we've studied this stuff so much that not desensitized per se, but it's like, we see the same cycles happen again and again. If not, like I was taking Olivia Rodrigo, I was talking about her last week because there is an obsession with her right now. And I think in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's rightfully so to be obsessed with this girl. It's, it's, you know, and also coming out of a pandemic, we want to like stuff so much that right. we're like, Olivia Rodrigo could kind of suck. And we'd be like, I love her so much. Cause we want to, <laughs> we want to love something so bad right now, you know? Yeah. Um, I completely agree. So the album Sour just came out on Friday and I'm sure I can't wait to find out what the uh, first week sales are, but it's a 34 minute album. And did, I'm assuming you listened to it already, right? Yes, absolutely. Right when it came out. And honestly, when she first came out, I'm like, I don't even care for driver's license. And then I heard Deja Vu and I'm like, okay, maybe I can mess with this girl. <laughs> like maybe I can get with, get with her. Well, my friend was saying, you know, and I kind of agree is that there's like the three really upbeat songs, you know, like there's three really, and then the rest is kind of folky, like a little folksy, a little ballady. Um, the only thing I laugh about, you know, she's a 17 year old girl and she uses, I think the, the word lover a couple of times and mm -hmm. it's hard. I mean, I don't know what's sadder, an old man making fun of a 17 year old sane lover <laughs> or a 17 year old sane lover to begin with, because how many, I mean, quote unquote lovers is Olivia like, and who, who says like ladies out there listening or dudes out there listening, do you ever go like, you're my lover to your boyfriend or girlfriend? Well, I wonder if it's because she's such a big Taylor Swift fan. I wonder yes. if it's kind of a nod to her. Well, I mean, I guess Taylor Swift is one of the only people that can pull off saying like, I'm like, I bet Taylor Swift has had lovers in the past. For sure. For like, sure. <laughs> nobody wants to picture me saying lover to somebody like, will you be my lover tonight? You know, like it's inherently disgusting. And I don't like the word lover. I would never say lover. No, I mean, I would say it as a joke only. Right. Like, there was this sketch on SNL back in the day with Will Ferrell and uh, I forgot who was the... Uh, the lady, but they were in like a hot tub and it would always be like, hello, lover, yeah. you know, take out in front of people. And to was it me, Sherry O'Terry? I think it was. Yeah. Sherry yeah. O'Terry or Rachel Dratch. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I, but I love, I love that we made this person already so successful before her debut album happened. And then I was talking to another friend. What is your opinion if she's an industry plant or not? And what does industry plant mean to you? That's what I was debating earlier. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought that too. I was kind of curious about it, but I think she's just part of the Disney machine, which makes her different than an industry plant. So like for me, an industry plant is someone like Lord, who Spotify actually put on to prove that Spotify could be a major streaming service, what they did. And I love Lord. I'm not trying to shut Lord down at all, but um what they did is they started putting her in banners and adding royals to random playlists just to prove that they could make a star. And that's exactly what they did with her. But I think Olivia Rodrigo, I don't think her relationship with Joshua Bassett's real. I think that's very PR facade type of thing. But I don't think she's an industry plant. I just think she's a part of the Disney machine. 
what Joshua Bassett came out as sexually fluid uh, like a couple weeks ago, which I bet Olivia Rodrigo was like, how dare you? I mean, this is ruining driver's license for me. And I was like, I kind of wished on Saturday Night Live she changed one of the lyrics to, you know, like, uh, I bet you're with that girl. Uh, there's that lyric of I bet you're with that girl that I'm so jealous of or something. I yeah. wish she had changed it to I bet you're with that guy. And I would have been like. But isn't that, to me, that's a fascinating thing, thinking if it was true, thinking about a 17-year-old. And I bet that's like more common nowadays of sexually fluid teens at that age. And I wonder if like, I mean, I remember in high school having to deal with like crushes and then they would date a guy that was like the popular jock or something. And now I wonder in high school, it's like, I had to compete with like, I mean, compete. I wasn't even competition. No girls like me in that way, but I, I was jealous of the high school jock. And now I'm wondering if I was like, I would have to be jealous of the jock and the cheerleader because the girl was dating both of them, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think people are just so much more open than they used to be, which I think is awesome. You know, yeah. I, I do think maybe Joshua threw a little bit of a wrench in her whole, her whole like PR plan. Yeah. But I don't know if she said anything about it because she could even take that and be like, I'm so proud of him. But no, she still went that major FU album. She was like, no, I'm going to drop this still. <laughs> but by the way, that's like we, you know, being uh, fans of pop culture, we live for a moment like that in our musicians where they get petty or when they feel feelings and we know the specific person they're talking about. I mean, I know you're a huge Taylor Swift fan mm -hmm. and Taylor Swift is littered with jabs or Jake Gyllenhaal songs, John Mayer songs. I mean, that's what she's kind of known for in a way and kick-ass music, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I almost think for Taylor Swift specifically, that hindered her a bit because it became, oh, who is she writing this about? She has so many boyfriends and people got sick of it. You know, I used to remember reading comments that'd be like, all she does is complain about boys. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. She has other songs. So I almost <laughs> think when artists start off doing that, it's an issue for them to grow. Yeah. No, it is. It is funny how we also, it's, it's easier for us to be able to stereotype somebody than able to like view them as a 360 degree person. Mm -hmm. It's easier to be like, that girl's just boy crazy. That's wild. Or, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had, hour long and I as you uh, as uh, as you have as well had like hour long conversations about her if she was dating Carly Kloss ever oh yeah you know you know I have my thoughts about that yes I mean you think they did correct you know I think Taylor Swift told us everything she needed to tell us in her <laughs> reputation tour when she put up this thing and she said I only tell people the side of the story I want them to hear yeah yeah, most so people do, but, the... you know, she only tells us what she wants us to know. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, like, I, I feel like good uh, pop culture icons do that, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be Madonna, whether it be Michael Jackson, whether it be, you know, there's a huge string of pop stars that they present an image that they want us to see until their celebrity gets so, so huge and so out of control that they can't control the narrative anymore. And all pop culture is nowadays is controlling the narrative, getting the story out there quick enough, being able to control the press in whichever way. Mm -hmm. I mean, by the way, Kelly, you are on a huge day on this podcast because today we got breaking news. We got a new photo set from Ben Affleck and Jennifer JLo uh, Lopez. That is huge. Why do we give a shit about this? I think because we're all just grasping for nostalgia. We want those good times because 
People don't remember Ben Affleck allegedly cheated on JLo with an exotic the dancer stripper, in yes. Vegas. I just talked about that on Thursday, I think. Was that I was like somebody pointed that out and like I think it was like Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo did. And I remember like we we tend to forget things because, by the way, it's been 17 years mm-hmm. since Benifer happened. But I think there's also just like we made Olivia Rodrigo a star right now because we want to like something so bad. We want something to be huge. The same thing with J-Lo and Ben Affleck is that we need this right now. If they can supposedly make things work, maybe we can survive COVID. Maybe we can come back on the other side and be stronger than ever, you know? And I also feel like people were so mad that A-Rod allegedly cheated. Yes. Not only with like, she, I mean, with the Southern Charm star. It's not like it was Beyonce or Rihanna or like anyone huge. It was a reality star. I mean, it was, and by the way, I don't even think he knew in, her in terms of reality. I think he likes Instagram models. Yeah. Like he, he's so. going around DMing Instagram models. And I mean, we all know, I mean, Guys suck. I suck. Guys suck as a whole. I get it. And by the way, I'm not saying girls are amazing. I mean, girls are amazing, but I'm not saying girls don't do bad shit because they do. But I do think guys do wildly stupid shit and they're just something, you know, they don't get the poison out or something and they do stupid shit online because they're so horny or what. I mean, and especially at that kind of level of fame. But JLo, on the other hand, is very interesting, too, because she's the same way in the sense of she doesn't seem to want to really ever spend time with herself. Yeah, I actually read an interview from like 2017 or something, and she's like, I don't like to be alone. So if I have chemistry with someone, I'm going to be with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you notice how it's never chemistry with like an accountant. <laughs> you know, exactly. like, like, uh, I met this administrative assistant at the uh, the spa I go to, and he's really cool. You know, you oh. never see that. And then she keeps getting hurt over and over again. And I mean, what was your take? Do you remember initially 17 years ago, you were probably a child. Did you have any reaction to Benefer the first go around? Did you have any feelings about them? Well, I basically, the only feelings I had were what my grandparents had told me, right? So Ben Affleck's from Boston, right? So <laughs> I'm from Massachusetts and my grandparents were like, he turned Hollywood with JLo. And I was like, yeah, he turned Hollywood. <laughs> so that's really the only memory I have because I had him as the Boston boy who was down to earth and I had a big crush on him and then he turned Hollywood. That's really the only thing I remember. I think the fascinating point of this whole story is that your family had a take on Ben Affleck and treated him like an urban, like a, like a, like a hero from Boston and, and JLo ruined him. Yeah. My grandma had a take on every celebrity you could think of. Oh my God. I wish, I mean, that would have been amazing. We could have gotten her to do a podcast. I know it would would have been very not safe for anything. Well, I mean, and well, I want to talk a, a little bit more about uh, Benefer, but do you sometimes think now, I was I was talking about this in terms of Bravo, saying that we, I feel now we dissect every moment to within an inch of its inch of its life. We dissect moments that aren't, aren't even meant to be dissected. And sometimes I feel nowadays the fans, the fandom on anything, we almost not ruin it, but I feel like we're thinking about it potentially harder than the people in charge of it. Like we're thinking harder than the producers are about these moments and we're making these things huge deals. And do you, do you agree with that? And do you think we're ever ruining things because of that? Um, I would say I definitely do, especially with PR couples. And when I think something's PR, when something smells fishy, like I'll be in a group text with my friends and they'll text me something. And I basically tell them they're incorrect. And this is why. 
So I can't really even enjoy pop culture sometimes because I'm so wrapped up in, is this real? Is this fake? How can I prove it's fake? Do you know? <laughs> I'm sure you're like that too. Oh, I mean, any, and, and, and yes, I am. And also it, it's not, it's not become like a job in the sense of like, I mean, it's become a job in the sense of, I really love doing this job or if what, if this is considered a job, but it is sometimes frustrating when something does drop and you're like, well, there goes my night. I mean, I literally <laughs> have to think about this for the remainder. Like I just got that benefit. I, I went hiking and I was like the whole time thinking about benefit. Like, I mean, thinking about it potentially more than Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez who are in the actual relationship there. I'm probably thinking about it more than they are. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Well, do you think Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, do you think it's real? No, I don't. Okay. This is, this is great. Why do you not think it's real? I think it's too contrived. I think Ben Affleck, after the whole Anna de Arnes, yeah. Yeah. After that whole relationship, when we saw them doing weird paparazzi zombie walks, and I feel like he kind of got shit on a bit for all of that. And then, of course, when they threw out her cardboard cutout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You guys, there was a Daily Mail article, and I think it was on TMZ as well. Ben Affleck was moving, and they threw out an Anna de Arnes. cardboard cutout and it was just like poking out of a trash can and it was like the perfect shot but like also who and they said oh somebody was cleaning and didn't know you know but I was like that doesn't just happen and if you're a celebrity you're not usually wearing things on your sleeve that hard so that had to have been that had to have been on purpose yeah there's something about him lately that just kind of rubs me the wrong way even with his even though he won't say their stage Dunkin Donut shots I mean, there's just something about it. And I think JLo is an opportunist whenever she sees something that can help make her money, help push her name out there. She's going to do it. And I don't blame her. I mean, I love nostalgia, so I get why people love them. And it's almost like maybe Ben will finally settle down again with with his old flame JLo. But people don't remember. He openly said when he's with JLo, he fell in love with Jennifer Gardner. Like there's so many yeah. things that people well, that, don't I mean, remember. Well, also like, you know, some people just aren't meant to be together. I mean, you, right. you gave it a shot and that's great. I mean, guys out every everybody listening out there today, I want you to do something. I want you to get the TMZ article, copy a link, and then text it to your ex and go, <laughs> hey, do you read this? Interesting, huh? And just like leave it out there and like see how they pick. Because most of the time they're not going to be like, do you want to give it another shot with me? Like you, it, it, it doesn't, but at the same time, what if we're wrong? What if they are the fairy tale? What if they learned, they grew, they always were the one that got away for each other? What if? I don't know. I'll give you a hundred dollars. But I think what really, cause at first I'm like, maybe, you know, there's nothing wrong with like retapping an old keg if you're both <laughs> single Wait, I I have a feeling Ben Affleck actually used that for, hey, do you mind if I retap this old keg? <laughs> I'm not sure what he said, but there was some article, it was like, they sent love letters to one another. I'm like, it's yes. like a fucking notebook. Yeah, <laughs> and I would love to see a Ben Affleck love letter. What is it like? How do you like them apples? Like, what is it? What does a Ben Affleck love letter look like, you know? Scribbles. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, is a love letter an email? Was he actually putting pen to paper? Like what, I mean, was there a carrier pigeon involved? Um, But I also think there is something weirdly, this is the hard part for me to 
because I don't want to blame it all on J-Lo. There seems to be a thirst with Ben Affleck Mm -hmm, that Matt Damon doesn't have. If we're going to compare Boston boys, it seems like Ben Affleck, there is a thirst because he is, I want to give him credit as I think he's a wildly talented, not just actor, but filmmaker. I think he's really smart in sometimes the work that he does, but there is this part of him of like, there must be this yearning to be a star, you know? And not just a good actor and good director. I completely agree with you. I actually think he's a terrible actor. I think he's a way better like <laughs> producer and actor. A and then, by the way, and I director. think he's a really good writer too. I think you know if you if you guys haven't seen The Town or Argo, I mean, uh, there there was a really um, or Gone uh, Gone Baby Gone is mm-hmm. another one he directed and wrote. And I think he's really talented. Um, but I think it gets overshadowed sometimes by this Hollywood bullshit of like, I don't know, it's like I'm chasing TMZ, you know? Yeah. I mean, even with all those Dunkin' Donuts photos, when he's given the middle finger, I'm like, this is your fault, sir, because you were calling these people to come to your house to take pictures of you and Anna. And then you're mad that they're out there. And it's kind of like, you can't have it both ways, in my opinion. But see, that's what I take me down what you think a thought process goes of like, why would somebody like, okay, you're dating Anna Darnas. So already you're kind of a winner. Like you're like, I'm dating a really beautiful girl. I, I don't know. She seems nice. I don't. So you're already a winner in that sense. Why on top of that would you, I mean, you do you want, you just, you want people to see you dating her? Like, is that the thought process? I think so. And they were also filming a movie together that started filming before COVID and they had to kind of keep the hype up. So they might as well fake relationship through quarantine. But also you have to take in mind Jennifer Gardner. Everybody loves Jennifer Gardner. Yeah, or most it, it, people she's do. a saint. She's a, I, I think of her as I think of her as a female Tom Hanks sometimes. Yeah. So he left her. He left her really messy, too. It was a messy divorce. And I think that has something to do with it. He's trying to kind of bring his name back because he left patron saint Jennifer Garner. And and I, I, I talk about this all the time. She stood by him even after the split in terms of driving him to rehab. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that one of my favorite paparazzi photos of the one him being driven to rehab with Jennifer Gardner and her friend. And they stop at Jack in the Box and get him a snack on the way. And he's you could tell he's been crying and she just hands a bag back in the back. And like even that's a paparazzi shot. And I'm like, I mean, a lot of Ben's big moments seem to be uh, captured by the paparazzi. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I really think this whole like Jen and Ben thing, JLo and or Benifer 2.0, I should call it, is because of Jennifer Gardner. Yeah. And like Jennifer Gardner, we know she kind of, I think, dates a lawyer now or they got back to get, but she's not like putting that out there. And the guy's not looking to be famous. I don't know the guy's name, which is always a good sign for a relationship. We, I mean, me and you, we shouldn't know Jennifer Gardner's boyfriend's name. That means it's probably going to work out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think all this kind of goes back to her because people love her. Like people just genuinely like Jennifer Gardner. And it's weird because in my opinion, people don't always like JLo. You know, she has a lot of bad stuff in her I past agree. where she kind of used singers like Ashanti and used a lot of backup singers and kind of stepped on. Wait, wait, tell me, tell me more about that. Tell me more about the Ashanti thing. So a lot of her backtrack is Ashanti singing. So a lot of people say that she actually ruined Ashanti. Yeah. A lot of people and she gets credited on like the, the write-ups and stuff, but a lot of people will say she ruined Ashanti's career. 
Whoa. I always thought Ja Rule ruined Ashanti's career now. I think Ja Rule ruined a lot of people. <laughs> By the way, my friend went to Ja Rule and Ashanti a couple years ago, and they, you know, they're playing smaller venues, of course. And fucking Ja Rule and Ashanti were like two hours late. I'm like, you can't be two hours late 20 years into your career. That's when you need to show up on time and keep the fans that are still with you. It, this isn't the prime of your celebrity. Like, you're way past that point. You better not be two hours late, you know? If your biggest hit is on Now 7, you be on time. <laughs> Wait, how many Now is there music? Are we up to like a 3,000? Now that's what I call music 3,000? Last time I checked, it was 106. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was on the first Now? Wait, let's look up now. what's on the first Now. What the, now that's what they call music. I could tell um, you Now 7. Now 7 was always my favorite. I think What was on first- Now 7? Now 7, it was like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, like... um. Jive Jones. I don't <laughs> Wait, there was always one song that obviously, you know, like you said, Lord with Spotify, they were like pushing. And I'm like, this wasn't a hit. Like what? I feel like Hoobastank was probably on now. Seven. Oh, Hoobastank lived and died by now. What's Okay. Wait, here's now what that's what they call music. This is the first one you guys together again, Janet Jackson, as long as you love me, Backstreet Boys. Oh, the way by fastball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger. Um, Say You'll Be There by Spice Girls. All My Life, Casey and JoJo. Never Ever, All Saints. If You Could Only See by Tonic. Mbop by Hanson. <laughs> Zoot Suit Riot by Cherry Pop and Daddies. Shorty, You Keep Playing With My Mind, Imagine. Anytime, Brian McKnight. Barbie Girl, Aqua. Karma Police, Radiohead. I will buy you a new life ever clear fly away. Lenny Kravitz and sex and candy. Marcy playground. Wow. That's a a solid list. That is a, I mean, imagine seeing that music festival and what I hate, you know, like I, I do hate, and I saw a lot of alternative songs there and I love alternative music so much. And Mm -hmm. I feel like not rock and roll, but alternative rock. It just like, we had a real huge, like, I mean, just 10 years ago, arcade fire was huge. All of these. And now we don't, like rock is dead in a way. It's so weird. It's all R and B, hip hop, Disney, boy bands, but like rock is like completely dead. I feel. Yeah, I mean, I always love Matchbox Twenty, like Rob uh, Thomas. Oh my God, Counting Crows just released a new album on Friday, uh, uh, Butter Miracle Sweet One, and I'm a huge Counting Crows fan. And mm-hmm. I saw Counting Crows and Matchbox Twenty tour together. And me too. What a, I mean, just, well, I mean, I, I'm always obsessed with Counting Crows, but I did have a real big Matchbox 20 moment and I forgot how many bops like they have. Yeah. So I saw Rob Thomas in Counting Crows. Then I think the next year it was Matchbox 20 in Counting Crows. Yeah. Rob Thomas was the opener for Counting Crows and Mm -hmm. then they did a co-headlining tour. And I always think about that just in terms of, I mean, we're talking Benefer 17 years ago, these musicians, you know. It is crazy. I only realize time goes so fast through the visage of pop culture. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. I mean, 20 years ago, Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows were huge. And then I got to, I always wonder what it is like to be in the throes of that, even like Ashanti and Ja Rule, where you're like, fuck, we're not at the, we're not in the top 10 anymore. We don't have like hits anymore, but we're, we're relying on this one piece of time where everything we put out was gold, where, where everything hit, you know? And I wonder if that's sometimes sad for them. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a few years ago, I saw like O Town, Aaron Carter, and Ryan Cabrera in concert. So anything is all the greats. Wow. Yeah, Um, all the greats. Well, by the way, again, uh, I think I told you this before. I once followed, I went to see Counting Crows by myself a couple of years back and I just ended up following around Ryan Cabrera and Audrina Patrick <laughs> and I just sat, I just stood next to them the whole concert and Ryan Cabrera was pretty hammered and Audrina like, but I was just like, wow, the stars are at out in orange County tonight. Like, and I was like really excited. And I was just like, I was just watching Ryan Cabrera watch counting crows. Um, but also now, I love this. This is a great conversation because we can jump all around and we're making really great connections. I'm thinking about Ryan Cabrera in the sense of here's another one. He considered himself an artist, but at the same time was in every reality show known to man as like he would just pop up like he was, you know, Ashley Simpson show. Sure. But then he was like popping up on random ones like um, not high the hills. Well, the hills was a huge one. But I'm like, remember when he was on what's the one I'm thinking of? with the um with the two girls of like mm, the total divas total no no i'm what everybody's screaming at home i'm sure of like um the two girls and they were like ended up being a bling ring oh um pretty pretty wild Pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. He was on that. He was on like Ryan Cabrera popped up in everything. Yeah. And I'm shocked that Ryan Cabrera has not been in Hills season two yet of new beginning. I know he's in season one. So we have to see if he's going to be around for season two. Well, and I love that in the Ryan Cabrera role this season, we have uh, was Sean Stewart. Is that his name? Sean Stewart? Yeah. Stewart's son. I feel like he's always wanted to be famous too. I've been, I mean, okay, so you guys, you guys know Kelly, she is the, she's Laguna Biatch. She is like the <laughs> foremost historian on Hill's stuff. And of course, that's selling her way short because she knows everything about pop culture, but she kind of came up being the Hills person of just insane knowledge about the, the, the Hills, insane passion for the Hills, something that we have a lot of passion for. What do you think? We're two episodes into this new season. How do you feel? Underwhelmed. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I feel like that's the hills. Like that's, that's the hills. Wait, by the way, yeah. they should call it the hills underwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have high hopes to begin with, yeah. but it's just, it's bad. And I talk about this on my podcast a lot. It's like, you can't have the hills without Kristen or Lauren. And there's hyping Kristen's like appearance up a lot. I have a it's feeling it's going to be 30 seconds. I have a feeling it's going to be her walking into a door and then they're just going to cut and be like, end of season. So she's going to be on an episode and she's there to promote Uncommon James. She already said she's giving the girls jewelry like she already has this all planned and she hangs out with Brody for a little bit. I mean, you you have to give credit to Kristen Cavallari yes. uh, just in the way of like, you know, keeping in the game. Like I was watching the uh, first episode of Laguna Beach, um, you know, and I was like, how, how long ago was that Laguna Beach first season? Like 16 years ago. Guys, this podcast should just be called 16 years ago. Like that's what we're <laughs> like. We're, everything is coming back. But I was thinking like that, that little girl in that first season in high school would have never been able to predict this would have been the course of her life. Right. For sure. For sure. And she was so confident at like 16. It was crazy. But that like, I know she was rich and all that you guys, but to to think your life will revolve around TV and fame and all that. It just, I don't think she ever would have thought that, nor do I think anybody in Laguna Beach, the Hills. I mean, maybe Spencer a little bit, probably always thought he was a star. Um, 
And I just find that fascinating of like, well, you got to give somebody credit for staying in whatever game this is, you know? For sure. Even um, I taught, I was able to interview Lowe, which was really exciting. I was going to bring that up. You, you guys, she just interviewed Lowe Bosworth and I need to know how that all went down and what that experience was like. Yeah. So basically she put up like an ask me anything. And I said, will you come on my podcast? And she said, yes. And I was like, wait, what? Like I DM'd her, I'm like, are you serious? You said this will hold up in court. You can't just say that. Yeah. So then it happened. And before the podcast, you know, I gave her my talking points and we kind of discussed what we were going to talk about. But I asked her, I was like, did you expect anybody to, to care about your life? Kind of like who you were friends with in high school. She's like, absolutely not. She's yeah. like, I didn't expect that at all. And I don't, I mean, I guess looking back, even at my high school experience, I don't want anybody to care about my high school. I mean, like I get, I mean, I was talking about this with a friend of like, what was your high school experience? Because there's two types of high schoolers. Is there, there's the people that go to high school and then they forget about it. And then they just go on with their life. And then there's the people that live in their high school memories, like (laughs) live. And you always get, you'll catch on Facebook, you know, you have that group of high schoolers that are like just holding on to that height. I mean, and these are people that weren't on the Hills folks. These are people just high school. (laughs) And like, I loved high school. I had a great experience. I got to do so much sheet theater and all that stuff. But at the same time, I don't, I don't carry it with me. I don't have time to like, you know, have these memories brought, you know what I'm saying? Like, but there's people that live their high school experience. Which one were you? I, for sure. I'm still, I'm lucky. I'm still really close with all of my high school friends for the most part but I don't live in high school. I mean, we'll still like gossip about some people we went to high school with and be sure. like, can you believe so-and-so is doing this? But I never really, I'm never like, Oh, had I have done this, I would have been prom queen. Like that's never, you know, wait, if, if, if I asked somebody from your high school about you, how, how were like, what would you have been described as? Were you a loner? Were you, were you vocal? Were you shy? I think I was quiet around people who weren't my friends. But I, honestly, I'd probably be like nice. Like people would probably say, oh, she was nice. I I sometimes think about that of like high school, like, you know, it is true. Everything that your parents tell you and all that is that, you know, it goes really fast. Mm-hmm. Life goes really fast. You're going to look back. And I remember thinking like, oh, you know, you're so filled with emotions and, you know, falling in love for the first time, or there's so many firsts in high school and everything goes so slow. Like every, like a year lasts 10 years in high school. And it's Mm -hmm. just so much is packed in because you're having your firsts of everything. Like sometimes first kiss, first like a group of friends, first camping trip, you're doing all of these, like maybe you smoked weed for the first time or had a wine cooler, you know, like who knows, but it is, it's one of those things that you really do look back and there's like this really sentimentality to it. Um, and I, I wonder, I mean, sometimes I can be wistful about it, but I was also thinking like, there were so many painful memories in high school. Like you are getting picked. I remember getting thrown into lockers my freshman year because I looked, I mean, I was trying to look like a new kid on the block. I was trying to look like Joey McIntyre, you guys, to impress this girl that I had a crush on. So I had really curly hair and I shaved it into like a reverse triangle. And I put a picture up on my Instagram last week and I looked, I looked like the handicapped Joey McIntyre. So like to the girl who loved Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block, I didn't look anything like him, but I did look enough like him to the jocks in my high school. And I would get thrown into lockers and be like, fucking new kid. And I would get thrown (laughs) into a locker. And I was like a really tiny guy back then. And it was like, but you have those things of like, I can't believe 
you get, but you do get through it. But I think about, I don't know if you have like nieces or nephews or anything mm-hmm. like that. I, I know my nephew got bullied or gets bullied and stuff. And I just like, you just want them to get through it so bad. And you want them to get, find their people or realize like, you're going to have so much more freedom after high school and you're going to find out who you are. But I just can't imagine what it takes to get through that, even though we did get through it. I mean, we did, we did participate in that. Yeah, absolutely. My niece, she's seven, but she's really tall. So she's like the size of like a 10 year old, but she's seven. So she acts like a seven year old. And I think people get frustrated with her because of that, but that's not really high school. She's just young. Yeah. But going back to like Laguna people and stuff, they can't escape it. I still post pictures of Jason and Jessica. Like they can't. Escape oh, I mean, it. they, I mean, they can't escape it just because of you. I mean, like just <laughs> you in particular, you will not let them forget this. So Speaking to low though, here's somebody that you're a fan of. Here mm-hmm. is somebody, and by the way, which is so crazy because we're a fan of these things, guys, and we're just a fan of like them being supposedly them. So it's not like she's like, I love your piano work, low, you know, like I love your songwriting. It's like, no, she was on a reality show and she said funny things and she was a good friend, you know, like, I mean, what was that conversation like? I think it was really surreal for me because Lowe has always been my favorite. And something about Lowe is when I first started the page, she sent me a super nice DM and she was like, hey, can you not tag me in any pictures? So I thought she like hated my page, hated me. But the last few year, few months, I'd say, since the reunion was shot, um, the, the Zoom reunion that they did, she actually sent me a screenshot and she was like, we look happier here. And then she was like, why didn't you host? And I was like, wait, what the fuck? So that kind of like opened our DMs and being able to talk to her, I really had to hone it in, right? It was almost like I had to pretend I wasn't me just yeah, so no, I could like, get through it. It's like that Chris Farley, like the Chris Farley show back in the day when he was like, Paul McCartney, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you. You were in the Beatles. Do you remember that? Like, you know, you're such, I, I mean, I can't, I can't talk like there. I mean, sorry, go on. But I mean, what was that? You had to rein it in and pretend you aren't who you are to get through it. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I said, there were talking points that her and I talked about and decided we were going to. And I mean, we went off script. It wasn't like a full scripted thing or or anything. She was really cool, really open. But I had to be like, Kelly, you have to be professional because this is a really big deal for you. And it's like you can be excited, but you have to keep it professional. You know what I mean? And were you proud of your performance? Yes. Right after I wasn't after any interview, even probably after this, I'll be like, I fucking oh. sucked. Oh but- man. <laughs> Self-hatred. I don't know why. Like, I mean, you know, after I finish each one, I'm like, well, they, they're going to find out you're a fraud now. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you, it's always after just- I edit it. I was like, okay, it wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought. And then I'm like, I hope people like it. And my friends are always like, why do you care if people like it or not? I'm like, because they are the ones who listen. <laughs> like, I want them to like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think anything, I mean, that is something. And I do consider, I mean, I'm not saying, I want to bring this up in terms of Chrissy Teigen in a sec. I don't consider this like art, but I do consider this creation of something. Mm-hmm. And I do, and, I, and I'm and i doing this for myself, but, but I'm not like saying like, I'm doing this for all of you. You know, right. like there is something innately I want to do. This does feed me in some sort of way, even though I don't consider this art art. I mean, there are aspects of it. I do, but I think also there's this thing of like a podcast, like anything, it's like climbing a mountain. Like you're, mm-hmm. it's really hard. You're, you're suffering, you're sweating, you know, but after you do it, there is this kind of, 
wow, I put something out into the world that like I put, I made something, you know, and there is something really, that's why, I, I mean, eventually we're all going to have podcasts anyway. So I highly <laughs> recommend doing it, but did Lo enjoy the interview? Yeah. At, after we like stopped recording, she was like, that was fun. Thank you. And she just goes, I hope people like it. I was like, uh, you're so nice. Didn't she just uh, in the last year come out with the fact that didn't she suffer a traumatic brain injury? Yeah, she had a really bad head injury and she had concussions for like months and she was really sick from it. But, you know, she was able to bounce back and everything, which is great. Is she is she uh, married, dating? What is her? I think single, but we didn't really get there. <laughs> Part two. Part, and, and by the way, so, I mean, we can find if we subscribe to Nostalgia now, we can listen to that interview anytime we want. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually I also had a really cool interview not to plug myself. I'm sorry. No, that's what you're, I want you to plug yourself. No, but the last living member of LFO came on the podcast I and saw, that was really cool. So LFO, you guys has a tragic history as a boy band. Um, I believe it was a, a three person boy band mm-hmm. and, and two of their members have passed away. Of course, you know, uh, tragically, uh, what is his name? Rich. Yeah. Rich had leukemia and Devin had brain cancer. Mm, God, do you remember there was a VH1 reality show and it was like, it was uh, Chris Kirkpatrick from the man band, the man band. That was it. There was Chris Kirkpatrick. You guys, the, the, one of the guys from color me bad who ended up putting on like a hundred pounds or something. And in the course of the reality show, you find out that he's like an alcoholic and he like can't stop drinking Jägermeister. And he like, they're trying to create a super group boy band with all of like the least popular (laughs) members of each boy band. But I mean, I'm joking, but like rich from LFO was in there. Um, and it was like this, I mean, everybody forgets about this reality show. I tried to find it and they had a couple like really grainy episodes up on YouTube, but I watched every episode of that show. For sure. I did too. I remember it. What do you think Chris Kirkpatrick is sitting on money wise? Do you think he's okay? Like, will? what do you think the one, I mean, like I know Joey Fatone, he's hosting a a game show now, you know. I mean, JC, I think produces, um, you know, EDM music potentially. And Justin Timberlake is the guy, of course, that ruined Janet Jackson's career. Um, but what, I mean, do you think Chris Kirkpatrick has enough money? Is he okay? Like, I, I mean, and I'm not even saying like, is, I just want to make sure he's okay. Like, I know he lives in Nashville. I've seen him around. I hope he's okay. I mean, I just, I just hope he is. And, and yeah. I, I mean, you should wait. Why don't you reach out to Chris Kirkpatrick and get him I've on? told you my Chris Kirkpatrick story. It's very scary. Really? Remind me again of your, because I, I always think about your AJ McLean story. So uh, I, this was after the O-Town show. It was at Topgolf in Nashville. And I saw Chris Kirkpatrick sitting at the bar and I went up to him and I was like, hey, I, I hate to bother you. Can we get a picture? He's like, yeah, for sure. So I hold my phone up and right before I take the selfie, he goes, I fucking hate my life. This might be the last picture anyone ever sees of me. You should sell oh. it to TMZ. And I was like, but we took the picture. And oh. then I saw him a few months later at this thing called Glow at in Nashville. It's like a Christmas thing. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, I think he's okay. Like, I'm not worried anymore. And then Happy Holidays, the NSYNC song came on. And I was like, he must not be okay. Oh. It was a, it's, I do see him out at bars and stuff. So sometimes I'm like, okay, he is doing okay. Well, I mean, he's still at bars a lot. I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But I mean, I always wonder, I mean, cause it's just like, 
InSync hit so hard, like so many boy bands, but InSync really, them and Backstreet Boys are the gold standard of boy bands. Yeah. And they were like doing stadium tours. And I wonder if you think that is always going to, it's always going to be there. Like when you're that famous, I wonder if you have any recognition of that will go away one day. It says his net worth is $10 million. So. Is he on Cameo? I hope he's doing good. I mean, he's like, on I, Cameo. Okay. Like, what if we just pitch in for a Cameo and we just go, well, you don't need to say anything. I just want to make sure you're all right. Like, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, will you tell me you fucking hate your life? And no, I mean, Lance Bass has reinvented himself as like a, a gay icon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or he's, he's actually opened up a new gay bar right across the street from uh, Pump and Tom Tom. Oh. It's supposedly going to be the biggest gay bar in West Hollywood, which I'm, you know, shocked because the Abbey is the presently the biggest gay bar in West Hollywood. And you guys, the Abbey is, um, uh, when I was running a nightclub, I was always told by the liquor reps, the the Abbey is the number one bar in terms of sales, not just gay bar, but of any bar. Like they always, I mean, they killed it that much. That's how popular that bar is yeah. uh, in terms of bar sales, which is always crazy. But um, Chris, if you're listening, uh, Kelly wants to talk to you. Make sure you're okay. I want to talk to you. Make sure you're okay. Um, okay, so you talked with Lo. Was there any uh, any things that got revealed? Any? I mean, what does she do for a living? She actually is a CEO of a multivitamin company called Love Wellness. And okay. it it's like pretty popular, but... I think one thing she talked about, which was kind of like a light bulb for me, is when she got hot cast on Laguna Beach and then the Hills, she basically said, I'll be a side character, but I don't want to talk about my life. And I was like, that makes sense because we never knew who she was dating. We never really knew what she was doing for work. We didn't know anything about her. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good, I mean, that is probably if you're a somewhat real person, that's not chasing fame, that's going to be fun. You can get, get some kind of the benefits of being on a reality show without having to share tons about your life, which by the way, now fans, like we attack people for not sharing their lives. I mean, mm-hmm. real housewives will get that. Like we're very vocal of like, you didn't share shit, Melissa Gorga, like your <laughs> fake ass storyline. And like people really you know, we want to see the dirt. And that's why I know you don't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but Erica Jane, we just had the season premiere and Erica Jane pretty much is, uh, I don't know if you know this, her story, but Tom Girardi was her husband and they found out, you know, he's, he stole money from like people that he represented and she potentially was involved in all this. But the first episode, Kelly was literally just like they had a shot of her overflow closet and it was just like overflow closet. Like there was so much, uh, footage of her wealth in the season premiere that I was like, the producers are not doing this lady any favors. So I have a question. Do you think, I guess I don't follow a lot of Bravo shows. I finally watched Summer House, which I really liked. I've watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, some Vanderpump, but like, do you think that some of these stars specifically on Bravo have too much of a hand in production? I think that's where I I think that's where it's headed. I think there should be a shelf life on any um, any reality show, including the Hills. I think I think there's like a five year limit I would give Housewives Mm -hmm. or anybody on Bravo or reality shows in general, because after five years, you start to form uh, friendships and relationships with the producers. They do become like family. I mean, Kyle Richards, who's on Beverly Hills, did a post where I think it was the her. I think it was Alex Baskin. I think his name is, he's one of the producers on Beverly Hills and, you know, sent him the, you know, had this beautiful Instagram post of like, you're not only a friend, but your family. And I love you so much. And it's like, 
No, that's the producer of your show. Like you shouldn't have, you should have close relationships, but I always feel like producers should have their talent at an arm's length mm-hmm. because you just can't help. Once you have a personal relationship with somebody, you do start to look out for them. You do, you're, you're for sure. And that was the big Vanderpump rules thing. You guys, I don't know if you remember on last season was that there's um, a producer, Jerry, uh, we call him and he was there since season one and he was like a a PA on season one. And it got to the point where he's a producer by season eight and he has left the show. And in fact, he sold all his possessions and took his family. They got a like catamaran yacht and went over like overseas and spent this time like homeschooling the kids on this like catamaran boat. And I kind of really respected that, but there was a time where it was like producer Jerry was so close to the Vanderpump kids. Like he Mm -hmm. was partying with them. Like he was, you know, it's like, so he had this really, you know, he had a really intense friendship. I know he was very close with Stassi. He was very like, he was close with Jax. He was, and so when you're close like that, I think you start to, there's just like, you know, think about you guys, you're going to stand up for your friends. You're going to like treat them like with kid gloves eventually. And it's not going to have the same impact because you have a personal take on any scene. And if you do go so hard on them, you're affecting your now friendship you have with them. And it, it, it's just a really weird place to be. And I just, I think they need to, I don't know, keep things at arm's length a little bit more, especially over on Bravo, because you can see, and I don't necessarily mean like, you know, I mean, they do get easy edits sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was just curious here. I mean, the Hills is just terrible. Like, I don't. What is up with, I? you know, we're two episodes. What is up with, I listen, I, I'm straight dude, but I realize Brody's hot. I real. I think he's, and by the way, I can even say, I think he's special hot. His hair grows uh, very fast. He always has really different hairstyles, but like there has now been in the two episodes, there's been like extended shower bath scenes with him where it's like him, like turning on the water, washing his hair, taking like lighting a candle for his bubble bath. When then he gets in with a girl and I'm like, are we going to watch Brody finger bang this girl in slow motion? Like it was so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I think Brody thinks The Hills is the Brody show. And I think he kind of has a lot to say with production. I can't, I cannot confirm that. But I think, I know he's the reason why they kind of shelved filming. I know that he was the last to sign on because he wanted more money. So I think Brody thinks of this as his show. And I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's so sad to see what The Hills has become. (laughs) It really, it, so I always think of it as like, it's a, bl- to me, it's a blurry reality show. And what I mean by that is what, well, you know, if you're not wearing your glasses, Hey, it looks like a reality show. It, you know, it's really well lit and there's like really like hard driving music and like, Oh, those are the people that I remember. Mm-hmm. But then if you put your glasses on and you see a little straighter, you're like, Whoa, this is like a shell of its formal former self and the Hills, by the way, it wasn't like, you know, Oh my God, this is like the citizen Kane of reality shows, but there was something really magical about it. And now it's very telling of where we are as a society is that it's like, it's nothing like it's air. It's, yeah. I mean, you have these little moments that I think it works in kind of a comedic way of like Spencer gaining weight and eating pot pies in bed. And like Heidi's crying about like uh, the pregnancy and he like drops a piece of pot pie. And then he like, he's reacting more to the pot pie than his wife crying. And there's moments like that that I think are really funny, but you're just like, this is so weird. Like they're setting Audrina up with Rod Stewart's son who seems a little touched. Like he's just like, Hey everybody. Like it's weird. 
Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, as I said before, I think even though Lauren Conrad was boring and, you know, honestly, rewatching The Hills like I do for my podcast, it is a boring show. We just had nothing to compare it to. So I think now we just have so much to compare it to. Yeah, oh my God, that's genius. Well, it was the first of its kind. It was like, oh my God, this looks like a movie. Like this yeah. is, this looks like the teen movies that we love, you know? And then everybody was blown away on the last episode when they were like cut and they pulled back and they were on a Hollywood soundstage. It was like, oh my God, it's like the season finale of Lost. Like they were dead the whole time, you know? Um, yeah. But, and also you're right about Brody. Like he, the sense of like, He's such a cool guy, you guys. Like he sat down <laughs> with Caitlyn, his ex, and Caitlyn, of course. Why weren't they allowed to say Miley Cyrus's name was the girl that Caitlyn was dating? I don't know why, but I love that they played her music the I next know. scene. But it's also, they don't say Lauren's name ever either. I mean, what creative decision is that? I, I just find that so... I mean, wouldn't you be fascinated? Like, I would love a scene where Spencer just openly talks shit about past cast members that aren't even on. Like, I would love that show, you know? Just yeah, be real. I agree with you. I agree. Like, Spencer's social media is so much more entertaining to me than sometimes the scenes in the hills. Is Heidi pregnant, by the way? I don't think so. And I think that she's, like, drinking heavily way more just to prove she's not. <laughs> she's like, I will show, I would have hurt this baby with the amount I'm drinking right now. Right, exactly. Um. So, uh, and what was the deal with, uh, Spencer's sister, like, why is she, I mean, is, 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 I know she's not on the show this year. So all the shit she's saying about like Heidi being fat and Spencer being fat, like, so that's just her being an asshole. Yeah. I think she's just like, not a nice person. Like I was like, it kind of works if they were trying to like get promotion for the show, but she's not even on the show. Exactly. I think she's pissed. She's not on the show and just decided to start, stir some trouble. Do you think, um, like, what do you think this season has in store for us? Because I don't want any more of like Brody, like, Hey, I'm glad we're still friends, Caitlin. Like, I think it's cool. You hooked up with a girl and like, I'm dating a lot of people too. And then he like, just kind of puts his hands through his glorious hair. And like, supposedly he's a DJ and I just don't know, like usually reality shows have some kind of driving force or action. And I don't know what this is yet. Yeah, I know one of the big storylines is going to be Spencer saying Jason's not sober anymore. And it's gotten to the point where I know this is like real life, like Ashley will not speak to Heidi. So it's become Why? like a, um, because of what Spencer says about Jason and his sobriety. So I think that that's going to be like the main drama that we get. Will we see Jason Waller drunk on camera? I don't think so. I think Jason is clean and sober, to be totally honest. I mean, and if, so, I mean, I just would hate if producers were like, Jason, we're not telling you to drink, but we're not telling you not to drink. It could help the show. You know, like, I wonder what kind of pressure you feel like, because I wonder what they think of the show. Like, do you think they think this is entertaining or do you think they're like, God, this is so embarrassing. Like nothing's happening. I don't know. I think that they're just happy to get MTV money. How much do you think they get paid per episode? I don't know. I know they used to get paid a ton. Yeah. Probably what, way, like, do you have a new, like, is, is your cat new, by the way, she's been holding this beautiful new, yes. what, what is your cat's name? Her name's Jolene. I just got her the other day. She's only like five weeks old and I can't put her down. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. You guys like, uh, really, I mean, like really like a beautiful cat. Um, that's crazy. Does she, uh, she seems like she likes you. 
So far, so good. So. <laughs> um, okay, so the hills boring. Is there anything that you are loving right now? Is there anything like that you're watching that you're like, I can't get enough of this? And is there any new music that you're like, I can't get enough of this? What is on your like hit list right now? To be honest, Olivia Rodrigo, I'm listening to her a lot. And then Summer House. I got into Summer House and I'm a big fan of Summer House. I tell me what you're what where are you on the Hannah Luke uh, relationship? Where who did you side with? I don't know enough about it, but I will say I followed Hannah originally because I thought she was funny on Twitter. That's why I followed her on yeah. Instagram. And I remember her and Luke doing all those lives, and I assumed they were together because I just started watching Summer House this last season. Oh, okay. So I didn't know all the backstory, but I just assumed they were a couple. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they always had that flirty thing. So if you guys watch season four, that was when that relationship, like Luke came into the house. There was flirts, like there was all that kind of stuff, which I'm sure partly of it was for the cameras. And, you know, but obviously she really liked him. And obviously he was very flirty back. Also, he's an extremely good looking dude like Brody. I think guys like that just... I don't even think they're actively aware that they're like leading people on. I just think they're like life is one big flirt. You know, there's like, everybody loves me. It's crazy. And it's really hot. Yeah, like I said, I haven't watched season four, just season five. But oh, you it gotta sounds watch, like he, you gotta go back and watch season four. I will, now. I will, I promise. Ryan, I promise you, I will okay, watch that. You gotta promise all the listeners. Like we I will promise not be... all the listeners, but it sounds like Hannah was hooking up with other people. So I'm kind of like, why is she so mad? Like she literally got engaged, like I you know, I, I really I, I got so angry at Hannah this season for so many reasons, but it was just the the thing of you can tell she's a competitor because she also wants to destroy him. Like it's very much like a <laughs> tennis player of like winning, winning the, the the game. Like she's still, you guys, she's off the show now. She, and she's still posting memes and stuff about, you know, who we're, we're supposed to guess that it's Luke, but about narcissists and people that have led me on and all that stuff. And I'm like, Hannah, it sounds like you give as good as you get. And you obviously were dating multiple people, which by the way, fuck yeah, girl, get your fuck on, get your freak on. Like, yes, I love it. But then don't try to like, all's fair in love and war. And the Mm -hmm. fact that like, also Luke isn't like, I keep saying, I'm not trying to be mean. He's not the brightest bulb out there. Like he, you know, Hannah, Hannah is smarter than Luke. So it's like sometimes unfair because I think Luke kind of feels like he's getting like sucker punched all the time. And he doesn't know how to respond. Cause he's like, I want you friendship, you know, like he doesn't even know how to respond half the time. Yeah. I loved when he's like, I do not like you. <laughs> I do not like you. Um, which is an iconic line in the sense of it's like so bad, you know, it's just like such an, it's like such a bad comeback, you know? And I have to say, Lindsay Hubbard is one of my favorite reality stars of all. And I listened to your podcast with her and I think she is just like the perfect chaotic person. So and you've she's really, Girls, right? she's really, lo- oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So she gives me the vibes at the very end of Mean Girls when Regina George is playing lacrosse and like hitting people in the face. And by the way, you guys, she's really like the character. Like, I love when you talk to them and you're like, oh, she's exactly what we see on screen. Because even the stuff like when we weren't recording and we were talking or like DMing, uh, she's like, she'd be like, oh, my God, you you got me like you are getting me activated right now. Like she's and she's not doing it for show. Like you really sense that this is her. And so which is really because I think it really works for reality shows. Mm -hmm. But I don't I would 
I would wonder what it's like to be around her 24 seven. You <laughs> know, because, that's what I'm saying. We all have friends like Lindsay where it's like in small doses, they're amazing, but you like start like being with them all the time. And I just wonder, I wonder, cause she seems like a really good hearted person, but she just seems like a lot. Oh, I did the stupidest thing the other day. I was so embarrassed. Like, so I, we DM'd about something and I was like laughing. And then, you know, like I have really fat fingers. You guys, I don't know. They're just like chubby. I don't know. Anyways. Like, and I just man, I manhandle things. I like break things a lot and all that, but I guess like sometimes I don't lock my phone. Like, and I just end up deleting apps. Actually, like I'll just look up and I'll be like, why am I FaceTiming this person? It's like weird. <laughs> and all of a sudden I noticed, I looked down and I was like, huh? And I, she had posted something and I put one of those, like I fucking hit the emoji with the hard eyes. Oh, and I was like, no, like, and it was like something that didn't deserve a heart eye emoji. And also I don't want to go around like to girls that I don't really know, putting heart eye emojis. And then what do you like? I didn't, then I just, I saw that she saw it. And then I was like, no. And then I didn't know, like, I didn't want to then like, keep it going. Like, Hey, just, I accidentally hit hard eyes. I didn't mean to. And like, do you ever do stupid shit like that? Yeah, for sure. All the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All the time. Okay. <laughs> okay good. Usually um, I just let it like sit. I just let it sit. And I'm like, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Oh my God. Like sitting, like, I feel like sitting in that embarrassment is my life. Like just sitting <laughs> in embarrassment is like so much of my life. Um, I need your take on something. Uh, yeah. And I need you to try to explain or maybe, oh, so Demi Lovato. Explain. No, no, no. It's just like Demi Lovato. So sh- I want to get this correct. They have come out. I think they have, okay. So guys, they, they have come out as Mm non-binary and I know I'm showing my age here and I want, I'm not joking. I want to show respect to this. Um, and I want to do this in the right way, but Demi Lovato, uh, the beginning of last week, I think they came out as non-binary, which means I believe they don't identify as male or female. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. And their their pronouns are now they, they them rather they, than them. she her. And okay, like I I I want, to, but Demi's had a, a lot this year, and yeah. and I I want to be caring, but at the same time, I also want to be honest and say it's, it's sometimes annoying the fuck out of me and not as not the nine binary part, but if you add it on top of her against the Froyo shop, her, in fact, this weekend, she just did another Instagram post of don't comment. If I've lost weight, don't comment. If I have lost weight, if I haven't lost weight. Um, and it, it was just another thing of telling us what not to do in regards to her. And I feel like this whole year we, you know, she had a huge overdose that, you know, she had a four part YouTube documentary that I watched every part and I left being more scared for her. I agree. More scared for them. I agree. Or I just wondered what the point of them sharing all of this information that was, I mean, she, they even said, you know, that they hooked back up with the dealer that gave her the drugs that made her overdose in the first time. And then, and then they said, after she got out of rehab, she had a relapse and slept with the dude again, thinking that they were taking back their narrative and they were putting the screws to the drug. I mean, it, it was really convoluted. And I'm like, how much of this is Demi? How much of this is Demi just being young? 
because like I, I'm an older person, so I'm trying to give it like give them grace. But at a certain point, I'm like maybe you need to like just be out of the public eye for a while. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I always worry about Demi. I don't think Demi has a good crew around her. I think her management and, you know, I don't just dislike Scooter because of Taylor Swift, right? Like he's, there's so many, there's so many other reasons to not like yeah, Scooter. Yeah, exactly. And I think with Demi signing up to be with Scooter, I was like, that's a deal with the devil, right? And in the documentary, Demi said, I reenact things to re- relive trauma and it's really bad for me. It, it, that's why she slept with the dealer. That's why she talked about that. And then in their music video, they are reenacting their overdose. And I'm like, I'm like, you just said that this is a trigger. And my issue with, with Demi is it seems like there's always an announcement and something to go with it. Right. She, they came out with a YouTube series. Then they release an album called dancing with the devil. And then with the Froyo thing, I don't think they expected it to become what it was. I think Demi thought a lot of people would be on their side. Yeah. And but then yeah, exactly. after Demi came out as non-binary, I don't have an issue with pronouns, anything, whatever you want to be called, I will call you that. But then they announced they have a podcast. And I was just like, there, there always just seems to be something to go along with what she announces. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, what I mean, they announce. I'm sorry. I'm they, sorry. But, but they're monetizing trauma. Mm-hmm. They're monetizing their trauma. Trauma, right. And I feel like, I mean, but also, by the way, I think it's overshadowing somebody that has truly an amazing voice. Right. I mean, something, I a very special voice. And now I don't even associate, when I think about Demi, I don't associate singing anymore. In fact, she just announced last week that she's going, they're going to be hosting a UFO show on yeah. Paramount Plus. And I love, I mean, I love UFO. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't care if UFOs, I mean, I think UFOs exist. It's not going to change my life one way or the other, unless they try to eat me. But like, <laughs> I'm, but like, did you think Demi, like, if I heard UFO show, I wouldn't be like, ah, I hope they get Demi to host that. Like, no, I'm what? like, Scooter Braun, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, I'm like, is there some kind of bill issue or trying to raise money for something? Because it seems she's, they've announced so many things in a short amount of time. And I listened to their album and I liked some of the songs. I felt it was very long and bloated. And I mm-hmm. really got a uh, chuckle out of the 15 minute song yeah. about uh, her ex uh, that I make fun of, uh, Max Eric which I, I I wanted more in the YouTube documentary about making fun of him. But I feel like Demi, I think we can, doesn't make good decisions for themselves. I would agree with that. And I think, you know, I hope that Demi coming out as non-binary helps people. I do hope, but I feel like there's always a catch when it comes to announcements with them. I really do. And I hate to say that. What is, I mean, and, and I'm, I hate that I have to keep saying I'm not trying to be offensive because I'm not, but does non-binary, like, does that mean they, like, they've always thought of themselves as no sexual, I, or, what, like, what's the, the, what's, what is, I mean, I just don't know what it is. Like, does that mean they've always known that they're not male or female like they're a new gen. I, 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 and I'm not really trying to be silly. I just really want to understand. Like, I know what obviously gay is. I know what um, uh, trans is. I know, but like, what is, 
non-binary. So they've always walked around with a feeling that they're neither male nor female. To be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know it has to do with pronouns. Um, and I almost feel like I don't understand it because it's not me. You know, I've never felt that way. So I wonder if that's kind of why, and I also have not done like a lot of research. It's just when someone tells me their pronouns, I go with that. Yeah. Well, by the way, I'm happy to respect anything, Mm -hmm. what anybody, like it's so easy to do. I mean, it's obviously you've heard, it's not easy. I keep making mistakes, but I, it's easy for me to want to do something that makes somebody else happy. It doesn't cost me anything. I'm like, cool. You know, but I sat there and tried to think, I was like, it started making me think about myself and I'm like, do I have any feet? Like, I'm like, I've always known I'm a man and I always, but I, I like girl stuff, but yeah, I'm a dude. Like I'm happy, you know, like I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really curious about the thought patterns that leads you to that decision. And do they then feel very happy about coming out as non-binary and like how many non-binary people are there out there? Is it always been this way? I had, I had always heard of, of, I always had gay best friends or gay. I had a gay best friend in high school. It's, you know, uh, I've always known about that, but I never had any non-binary friends growing up. I didn't even know that was a thing until the last five years or something. Yeah. I have to say, I'm honestly kind of ignorant to it. Like I just, I just don't know enough. It's something I got to do more research on. And I know you're not supposed to, I know this from this podcast. Cause I said, I said, I wanted to like know the thought process of like also a trans, I I said, I would be interested in talking to a a trans person about their experience. And I was pointed out and I was, is that you're not supposed, you know, you know, people should be forthcoming with that information. They don't need to explain anything to you, you know, is that, you know, and I, that made a lot of sense to me and I wasn't ever trying to be offensive, but it is one of those things of like, I want to try to respect people the way they want to be respected, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of all you can do. Obviously I want to like educate myself more, especially after this conversation, but I <laughs> by the way, just, anybody I, that listens to this podcast by the end, they're like, I uh, should educate myself more. I shouldn't be listening to this. Like, this yeah, is- honestly, I just need to educate <laughs> myself more. Well, so, but I, the froyo to me was like, you know, kind of shut the F up a little bit. Like we all deal with, like, I also do think there is a point of like, sometimes you do have to deal with bad shit in the world. You do. And I get triggered 30 million times a day. And some of that is outside forces uh, probably being assholes. And some of that's me. And like, I think that's part of working on yourself as a person of trying to remove, like, if I know something's going to be triggering, I won't go to Taco Bell, you know, I'll just stay away from it. Cause I know that Taco Bell can be triggering for me and I'll eat like 800 chalupas and then I'll hate myself, you know, like I know enough about myself to do that. So if you're that sensitive about food, maybe send other people to get your froyo. Like don't maybe like, if you know, it's going to be triggering, you have enough money to get the froyo delivered to you. Stay out of that, you know? Yeah. And I don't think it's up to the world to steer clear of your triggers. Well, especially, I mean, you're, you're dealing with somebody's like, it was a small business that like, I know the yogurt shop and it's like, so they're supposed to spend a lot more money to make Demi a rich person happy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, they wanted to take down a small business. I'm like, not now. <laughs> like, Well, so this is the quote she put on her Instagram today. She said, okay, I don't know who needs to hear this, but complimenting someone on their weight loss can be as harmful as com- uh, complimenting someone on their weight gain in regards to talking 
to someone in recovery from an eating disorder, the 28-year-old pop star wrote. You don't, if you don't know someone's history with food, please don't comment on their body because even if your intention is pure, it might leave that person awake at 2 a.m. overthinking that statement. Does it feel great? Yeah, sometimes, but only to the loud ass, loud ass eating disorder voice inside my head that says, see people like a thinner you, or if you eat less, you'll lose even more weight. But it can also sometimes suck because then I start thinking, well, damn, what did they think of my body before? Moral of the story, I am more than the shell for my soul that is my body, and every day I fight to remind myself of that. So I'm asking you to please not remind me that all that is all people see of me sometimes. And I get this. It feels like a very young thought process in some ways, but also it feels like something of like another thing where I'm like, is this a positive thing that she's that they're sharing this? Is it because it just feels like another thing that we're doing wrong? Obviously, probably somebody said, you look beautiful. Like, you know, it, it, it looks like and I've I've suffered with, um, you know, I've I've lost weight, gained weight. I've dealt with weight issues. My uh, I feel mm-hmm. like the majority of my life. So I get some of this. But, you know, it's one of those things. If somebody ever compliment, like you look like you lost weight. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, and 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 hopefully nobody ever says it looks like you gained weight because that would just be rude. But like, I don't know. Like, I also know that like. I'm not, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things I'm like, would this have been better in their mind and staying there? You know? I just think Demi needs to not run her own social media anymore. I think, I think Demi gets people just upset because a lot of things that she says are very entitled. Yeah. And I feel like their thought process is kind of a, a one size fits all and it's not. Yeah, no, it's it, it's very interesting, but it, it just it's another thing that leads me to believe like Demi's mind must be a very scary place right now because yes. it seems like they're dealing with so much and they're being very open and honest about it, which is great. But I honestly hope they're getting the help in terms of not just being honest on social media, but in terms of therapy, in terms of like you said, putting the right people around you and having that right. There's so much she's dealing with, not just so much they're dealing with, not just drug addiction, but obviously eating disorders, obviously trying to make your, like trying to do 80 billion things for your mm-hmm. career right now. Like there is so much happening that I honestly, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying this to be joking, but I do believe that there will be a relapse sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about Demi. I'm always worried about Demi. So now it's just like heightened. I'm I just I don't see this ending well yeah. at the moment. I think they're too in the media. I think they're saying too much. And I hate to say that because you don't want to tell anyone not to speak their truth. But yep. something about Demi just never feels genuine to me. And I hate I don't I hate that. Like even in the um, documentary when she's, when they were like, I love to lie. I love lying and tricking people. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the documentary, the fifth part, she's like, uh, I've killed many people. I've buried bodies in the desert, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I under I understand mental health is very real and I'm sure she struggles very real, but it's also just kind of that whole documentary at the end. I'm like, did she just play us or did they just play us? Well, I mean, it would be an interesting kind of I don't. I mean, it feels like you almost wish it's performance art because yeah. it's like this can't be real. I mean, it just they keep doing this. They keep releasing these public things that then media picks up on, and it's never like 
Demi like uh, visited a youth hospital today. And, and right. you know, I mean, it's always like this intense things. And I'm, I'm like, are they even having a good time in any, or is it just like the world, or is it just like they feel like the world is against them every day? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think stepping away from the spotlight would be the smartest thing for Demi to do. Um, did you know, um, that one of the best tequilas ever made has now been made by one Kendall Jenner? I've heard it. I've heard that. She should, you know what? Can I tell you what Kendall Jenner should have fucking done? Yes. She should have made a fucking seltzer. I'm sorry. This heat makes me so (laughs) mad. Yes. By the way, Kindle Jenner and a seltzer makes sense. A yes. And a Kindle Jenner seltzer, I would have kind of been like, that makes sense. To I make would probably it, try that. <laughs> to make it seem like she's handpicked the Anejo beans from, <laughs> uh, you know, I've always felt a strong pull towards Mexico. Like I keep, I'm fascinated with this reinvention of Kendall Jenner and like Chris, her mom going like, she's really cared about tequila all her life. Like, you know. You know Chris what she should have made, Ryan? What? Pepsi. <laughs> but I mean, by the way, Kendall Jenner just needs to stay away from all liquids. She does not have good luck with any type of liquids. But I, I said this last week. I said, you know, it always seems like Kendall is the one that gets the like insanely bad product launches, like where it's it's embarrassing. You end up offending people. Like Kendall just never has good <laughs> luck with any kind of launch. So she has this 818 tequila, you guys. And she last week was like Kenny's delivery service and she was delivering bottles of tequila. And then on Friday night, the stars were out folks because at the nice guy, which is a club in Los Angeles, she did the 818 tequila brand star studded party launch. And we had Drake there. We had Katy Perry there. We had Justin Bieber and his prince. It's not dreads now. It's like Princess Leia buns. He's now done. And I mean, by the way, another, I mean, in this, in the sense of Demi Lovato, like are, I'm very worried about anybody that Scooter Braun works with seems to be very troubled. I agree. I agree with you. And if they're not troubled, he doesn't give them attention. Like Tori <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> I mean, it's, wait, who's Tori Kelly? She's a great singer. She could have been huge, but um, he spends all his time on troubled artists. Is Tori Kelly one uh, one of his uh, clients? Yeah. And she and he just get, she just gets ignored. Yep. Oh my god. Okay, so this this Kendall Jenner launch party happened on Friday. Uh, Jen Atkin, hairstylist to the Kardashians, said it felt good to see people again. At Kendall Jenner has the best squad full of joyful people who love and support her, which is, by the way, just means she has a bunch of rich people that are celebrities <laughs> that support her. Um, what an incredible experience I have had thus far. <laughs> this is Kendall talking about her 818 tequila. What an incredible experience I have had thus far. Her using the word thus, folks, is just like, I mean... Once again, don't do that. Um, learning about this beautiful place, its beautiful culture, and the beautiful people, exclamation point. At Drink 818 has launched in California. We will be rolling out to the rest of the U.S. all summer long. Keep a lookout. Um, so at this party on Friday, at Katy Perry, Doja Cat, Kate Hudson, Travis Scott, Justin Bieber, and Haley Bieber joined the festivities. 818 means a great time, and it's the best tequila I've ever had, Haley Bieber wrote. Uh, I told Kim Kardashian in a video posted to the 40-year-old Skims owner's Instagram story. And by the way, I mean, if this is really true, I want to see all these fucking people get wasted on 818 tequila. Like, do we really, like, Kendall Jenner is like a toothpick, like boobs on a stick. You really think Kendall Jenner has had more than two shots of tequila in her life? Like, I would have trusted her more if I got shots of her, like, violently vomiting tequila outside of the nice guy, you know, like, 
where we, I mean, I've been there. Like I, yeah, you know, I same. was severely hung over this morning. Like that's to me, 818 tequila, like not Kendall Jenner looking perfect with all her celebrity friends. I mean, do we think, by the way, if I got a free bottle of 818 tequila, I'd fucking drink it. Yeah, me too. I am <laughs> not going to go out and buy a $50 bottle of Kendall Jenner tequila. Will you? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Tequila makes me like very mean. So I try and stay away from it in general. But I'm curious. I feel like the family is pushing this harder than they've ever pushed any product. I feel like they feel like Kendall needs this. Like, let's make her feel like she's doing something. You know, it's really weird when the Kardashian for like the Kardashian force gets behind like one of the, the Kardashians. And then it's like, oh, like it's full force. And I guess, you know, you have Kylie, who's the billionaire. You have Kylie buys a new car every day of the week. Poor Kendall is only making like tens of millions of dollars a year and not a billion dollars. So you know, you do feel bad for her, you know, she can't afford a Lamborghini every day. It's like she gets one a month and that's got to be hurtful when all of her sisters are, are buying bigger and better cars more frequently. Yeah. I mean, even like the videos that they've been posting to promote this, they're like, Kendall's the fun girl. Kendall has such a great personality. I'm like, where? Well, yeah. I mean, like, where's she been hiding it? Like, in fact, I would rather like, can I see more of that personality you keep talking about? Like, I mean, and sometimes do you ever get offended with celebrities when you see somebody that you're like, I kind of respected you. And now you're at Kendall Jenner's launch. Like I, it was, um, what's the, uh, uh Tyler, the creator, Tyler, okay. the creator was at Kendall. And I, I mean, I don't love Tyler, but I do think Tyler, the creator is kind of an artist. And like, he was there taking pictures with Kendall. And I'm just like, no, come on, man. Yeah. No, like I mean, and I just never believe that Kendall was like, I've always been truly passionate about two things, walking a catwalk and tequila and everybody knows it. And like, that's it. I don't believe it. Like I don't, like I believe they have like a, a family meeting every year and like you draw products out of a hat and Kendall got like, oh fuck tequila. Okay. I guess I'll do the tequila <laughs> thing. You know, that's um, so funny. I agree. That has to be it. <laughs> Well, and I just, she's so quiet too. So then when she does say thing, I don't know. I think I have a feeling that Kendall Jenner writes poetry too. I have a feeling we will see a Kendall Jenner poetry book at some point. And I don't have any, like I have no basis. It just seems like she thinks she's a lot deeper than she probably is. Yeah. She's like, sometimes I like to smoke a joint and drink some tequila and just write my feelings. Do you guys like to do that? You know? Um, they try so hard to be relatable and they're just not. Well, so it's funny because you have that and you have like the Kardashian machine this past couple of weeks has been insane. So you had Kim release um, a Daily Mail article. I mean, who she put this out that she is not dating anybody that, you know, since the Kanye divorce, she is taking time for herself. You guys, she is not dating anybody. I would have loved it. That article was like, but she is fucking a lot of randoms, you know, like, <laughs> like, but like, where do we think, I mean, who at this point could Kim Kardashian date? And, and I mean, just, I, I don't, doesn't, I don't know who. I feel like it's going to be a politician. It's gotta be. It's it has to be. be. I mean, I was kind of thinking Van Jones for a while. I was told that rumor wasn't true, but I think that's like the la the final frontier for Kim because I do believe more than Caitlyn, who's running for cat. I'm governor, baby. Woo! More that than voice. that. Oh yeah, I like to fly helicopters, baby. Vote for me. California's in the shitter. Oh um, but I would see Kim Kardashian more as. I can really see her be governor of California one day. I really honestly could. You cannot make fun of the work that she does with prison reform. And I think she, she is the, to me, she is a 
not she's a less talented version of Madonna. Like Madonna reinvented herself all of the time back in the day, you guys. She really mm-hmm. was the gold standard for reinvention. And, you know, I don't know even know if she gets enough credit for it these days. But back in the day, she would reinvent herself every album cycle. And, you know, you see people like Lady Gaga that was insanely inspired by that, even Katy Perry to a degree. But Kim Kardashian, you got to, she's reinvented herself, not in the sense of talent because she doesn't necessarily, she didn't start off with one, but now she's reinvented herself to, she's working on prison reform. She's studying to take the bar. She's doing all of these things. So like that reinvention to go from Kanye to a politician would make complete and perfect sense. And I kind of am here for it. Like, I don't think she can date, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I would be like, like, you know, you, if you're Kim Kardashian, you can't date like a Luke Goldbrunson from Summer House. It would take her stock down. You've only, she, Kim's fascinated in creating a legend. Yeah. And you can only create legends by reinvention. And that's why I'm really going to be curious. But I think you're dead right. It's going to be a politician. Or Ben Affleck. Oh my God. What if Ben Affleck, <laughs> wait, we say that, but you're right. Ben Affleck would be a perfect choice too, because You'd be like, damn, what is Ben working with down there? By the way, there's paparazzi shots of J-Lo and Ben. J-Lo looks like she just got the romp of her life. She was like glowing. I'm like, I've ben never seen her like, look so wow. disheveled. Well, you say it's fake, but I say it it could be fake, but I still think they're having sex. Yeah, probably. Do you think he's like, nothing's changed in the old private parts area in the last seven? Like, or do you like, do you think like he's like, I miss this, you know? Like, I wonder if he had like um, pet names for her boobs and stuff like that of like, oh, it's Tony and Tina, you know? I don't know, but did you see that haunting Raya video that he was like, hey, why did hey, you- Hey, it's un- me. Why did you, un- why did you unblock? Why did you block me? Why did you unmatch with me? After that, I'm like, Ben Affleck, you need to stop. And what sucks is like, obviously everyone should be able to have dating apps. And I do feel kind of bad that all these like men are being- kind of outed for not doing anything that problematic, but that video like haunts my dreams. Yeah. Cause it's so in the camera. It's like, uh, and then I was just wondering, do the youth, like what is the youth's opinion on Ben Affleck? What does he mean? Like, I know we grew up with him in a way we have a strong opinion on Ben Affleck, but do you think like the TikTokers give a fuck about Ben Affleck? Do you like, how do they view, like, that's what I want to get like a TikToker on here and just ask like Ben Affleck, what do you think of him? What do you know about him? You know? They might be like, oh, the town's a good movie. Yeah. Or, I mean, would they even know the town? Like, what, I don't know. What movie? Like, do they know Goodwill Hunting? Do they know he won an Oscar? Do they, I mean, like, what do they know of Ben Affleck? And when you're planning a comeback and you're involving relationships in it, do they sit down and like spitball and like JLo's people and Ben Affleck's people are in there? And he's like, okay, what if we did this? We go away to Big Sky, Montana. We only let them did a little shot of me driving with you. And then a couple weeks later, we're going to get a shot of you exiting with a huge smile. And I'm going to just come out and I'm going to go like, oh, I think I see a camera over there. And that's the shot. And people are going to freak out, which I did. I freaked out. But do you think it's that planned out? Because they use Backgrid. They use Backgrid, that photograph company that the Kardashians use. And those are usually, that's a huge sign that it's staged. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to be like that. And that way they make the deal, like take this many pictures of us and then like, we'll act surprised. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know though. Cause now you're having me thinking maybe, I think they're definitely sleeping together. Do I think they fell in love through letters while she was in the Dominican Republic? No. Know what I want? Jennifer Gardner needs to go out there and find like just some hot guy and get some pictures taken with him. 
now I'm scared we jinx it and like something's going to come out about Jennifer Gardner this week. I know, they're like, going to be know, like, actually, she was the uh, alcoholic. Jennifer spit on a homeless man this week, you know? Like, I mean, like, I just, I'm now scared something bad, like a Jennifer Gardner sex tape drops, you know? But it's just missionary position the whole time. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so Kim, we don't know. Kim is not dating you guys where she's letting people know she's not dating. What do you think? Do you have any visceral reaction to Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker or Kravis? I'm tired of them. Nice. I'm very tired of them. Yeah. At first, I'm like, oh, they're cute. And now I'm like, Jesus. Like, yeah. Travis Barker, I always liked him because he had a low key. He was low key. He, like, hung out with famous people, but wasn't super and super talented. I think he's really, really talented. He has a real talent. One of the best drummers out there. But now I'm just kind of like, we get it. You guys have kinky sex and you eat your lollipops and you give each other tattoos. We get it. We get it. I'm tired. It's It's kind of like Demi in a way of, like, don't we don't need to know like i'm so glad you're freaky with each other i think that's amazing please i hope you're doing i hope you're pegging travis i hope everything is going good sexually it sounds like it is but there's no part of me that's like good i'm glad i'm hearing more about like i'm glad i'm hearing about their sex life there's no and it's all this it's weird how perception works is because now i'm starting to have this feeling that like wait, has Travis Barker been this thirsty the entire time and I just haven't clocked it ever? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy she's not with Scott Disick. So I think that that's probably the only like thing that's driving me to to like them together a lot because I know people are like, oh, her and Scott need to get back together. I'm like, absolutely not. Scott Disick's gross. The Scott Disick thing, you guys, I was talking about this with a friend is that and it really, it's, it, you can pull back and it, it makes examples about men in general, men and including myself, we crave sympathy. We will do things wrong in our lives and we will create these problems in our lives. And then we will still court sympathy, expect sympathy and get sympathy over the woman that we have hurt. Because if you are charming, if you are good looking like Scott and Scott's always like, I don't know, I'm just, I miss my parents and like, Hey, you know, like he's always, and you, you kind of buy it. Like I buy it. I'm like, I like Scott because by the way, Courtney, no matter, I don't know. Courtney comes off like a real asshole most of the time. And I maybe yeah. it's just how her face is built. Maybe it's just that she doesn't talk a lot, you know, but she is not like you sense the Kardashians like Scott more than they like Courtney. Mm-hmm. And because He's more charming. But at the same time, remember, Scott cheated multiple times on Courtney. He's potentially a drug addict. He has horrible style nowadays. Like he's dressing like an eight-year-old now. He uh, dates really young girls. Yeah, it's not just one, it's a pattern. And like mm-hmm. all of those things, like we're supposed to get sympathy. Like I love that. I'm like, I hope Courtney and Travis are really in love. I just don't want to see it. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, there's no part of me that's like, it was cool at first, I guess, but like there's no. I always crack up about like accounts like uh, not skinny, not fat, who like yeah. love, like, I feel like Courtney is pain, not skinny, not fat. I'm like, they're like, why are we this? I mean, are we creating this? Like, is there somebody being like, is Chris Jenner asking you to like act like you're this in love with this couple? Because I just, I'm, I think it's cool. I just don't care other than like, I'm like, okay. And they, there was even an article this week, the Kardashians must have some kind of deal with Disneyland this month because this week, Kravis went to Disneyland together after last, the week before Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott went to Disneyland and Travis Scott walked around with a full bag over his head. I think I told you guys, like yeah. it would have really seriously scared me if I was in, like I would have, if I had a kid, I would have to explain to my like, dad, why is that man in a complete camouflage mask? You know, like it would have scared the fuck out of my kid. Yeah. My fake kid that I don't have. But uh, this week they did a whole article that uh, 
Courtney and Travis went to Disneyland, which I hope they had fun. Like it just, have you ever seen celebrities out and about with like a full security team? I know. So I've seen quite a few celebrities in Nashville really in like, no, they're usually just them. They're usually just them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I really could talk to you for hours and hours. I feel like we've almost talked like in an hour and a half and I don't feel like we've, we, we have not even like, I know we're going to wrap up, but it's like, I just never feel like I, I finish anything with you. I feel like it's an ongoing conversation and I, I have so many, uh, I mean, we just have to keep doing this at some point because there's so many things I need your opinion on. Like I didn't, like I even, did you watch SNL last night? We had the season finale of SNL and little Nas X performed and he ripped his leather pants, you guys, and he couldn't do his pole dance that he wanted to. And so he had to cover up his privates cause he ripped his leather pants and he was like, really like he joked about it. The next he joked about it today on TikTok, And he was just like, I can't like, he had practiced his pole dance routine and he ripped his leather pants and you can see him being really like, he's like trying to cover up his junk, but how iconic would have that been? If you, if little Nas X still just let his junk flop around and like in a, and they had to blur it, that would have been iconic. That's like when Lenny Kravitz did that split thing on stage. Okay, so you guys, Lenny Kravitz did a concert about like nine years ago or something, and there's a shot where he ripped his leather pants. But leather pants just do not seem reliable for any star. Right. But he, there's this shot of Lenny Kravitz. You guys need to find it. In fact, it's on one of like my first Instagram posts I posted on So Bad It's Good, where he's like, "Yeah!" He's like screaming. I don't think he realizes his junk's completely out. Completely. And I was just like, what song did he do this? Was it, was it like, are you going to go my way? Ah! And they just like, all of a sudden he's just like breathe, like a breeze. It's, it's very similar to a very thing of um, Fergie pissing herself in San oh, Diego. Yeah. Remember there's an iconic, they, they played uh, San Diego street scene and uh, people have messaged me who were actually at that show. And I was like, that's a piece of history. If I ever get a time machine, I will go to that show. I will. I just want to see. So Apparently Fergie kind of was drunk and got on stage and then had to piss and was like, say, and she said, Hey, we were in the middle of a show. You got to do what you got to do. I'm like, do you like you, you see, so you pissed yourself. Like there's a huge piss stain. Like it's not even just a little dribble. It's a, yeah. it's a whole thing of pee. It's a full on. She peed her pants. I mean, I guess the show must go on, but I don't like, does Wear a diaper, be- I guess. I don't know. Also, wouldn't you respect a pop star was like, yo, I got to go pee really bad. I'll be right back. You'd be like, ha that's so funny. I love you, Fergie. Like I'd yeah. rather see that than, oh my God, did we just watch Fergie piss herself on stage? <laughs> like, like Will I am's not shitting himself on stage. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, do you have any other pop culture moments like that, that I always like stand out in your mind of like weirdness like that? Justin Bieber throwing up on stage. Wait, what? He like, he, he ate like, this is, I think it was like his first big tour, maybe second. It was before <laughs> purpose. It was before it got really bad. Yeah. But he drank like a bunch of milk and ate pasta before he went on stage and threw up like right on stage. <laughs> I'd say that's something. And then um, when Diana Ross, this is a VMAs moment from like 98 or 99. Oh, the boob? She jiggled Little, little Kim Kim's. Boob. And I think that that was like the first time I, I ever watched the VMAs. Like I tricked my mom into letting me watch it. And she's like, you are not watching. Oh. <laughs> Probably because oh Backstreet God. Boys were on. And she's like, okay, you can watch Backstreet Boys. Those are the, the 
I mean, I, to this day, like I, I made my parents watch Summer House. Uh, you guys know that I cut like a month or so ago and they were like literally like Hannah was like, oh, I blew you twice. And they were talking about like eating ass and stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I'm like making my parent like I'm just watching them watch it. And they're just straight faced. And I'm like, I've never felt like shame like that in my life. And so, oh, sorry. No, no, please go. No, no, go, go, go. I had my stepmom and my dad watch Summer House when I was home for like two weeks a few months ago. And my stepmom just kept going, how old are these people? They look like they're in their late 30s. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, they're so cool, mom and dad. And they're they're and my mom are like, how old are you? Like, what are you what yeah. is happening? How did we raise you? Like we went, we went, we took you to church every week. We we, we thought we raised you right. And now you're making this watch this summer house thing and you're smiling like an idiot through the whole thing. Like I'm literally like, yay, summer house. <laughs> I'm like so excited. But I it always reminds me of those, like you bring up that point of I so many moments of like, you guys ha- have to have those memories too, of like going to a movie or watching like a sex scene with your parents that you didn't know was going to come up. Like, I remember, I forgot what movie was. It was like a Joaquin Phoenix film or something. And like literally the first scene in the movie is like, he's eating a girl out. And I was just like, Oh no. And then I'm just like, you know, you know, your parents are as embarrassed as you are and you're just sitting in this uncomfortable silence and you're mm-hmm. just hoping like, and, and you're just praying. Like I remember my ex, I went, uh, we were in New York and, uh, where, where her parents are from. And we went to see a movie on Christmas day and we went to see the girl with the dragon tattoo. Cause I was like, Oh, I thought it was a good book. And so I recommended it. It's like David Fincher and it was supposed to be really good. And it's like, it's a lot like she's like, I forgot she was like kind of like into S&M shit and all that stuff. So it was her older mom and dad me. It was like the whole family. And like from the jump, there's like just wild leather S&M shit. And I at some point got so embarrassed. I had to walk out and just I had to stay out of the movie theater for like 10 minutes because I just couldn't I couldn't be in there anymore because literally that was like what like literally turned to me like, what'd you take us to? Like it was like, what'd you, what you, and then it was the year this movie, The War Horse came out with Steven Spielberg. Yep, yep. And that had come out the same day. And I went out in the lobby and I was like watching families hug after that movie of like, oh, just beautiful, wonderful <laughs> movie, son. Wonderful. And I'm in there like with leather daddies and stuff, you know? I mean, sometimes you gotta, you gotta just sit through a leather daddy movie just to see <laughs> people stand. By the way, that's a really that I feel like that needs to go on a T-shirt. Um, uh, I, I swear to God, I'm going to let you go. But you no. were the Justin Bieber. You one of the original ways I knew you was you, I believe, posted uh, like a whole thing on Justin Bieber. I did about you had a theory. I don't even think it, I think it was like a dead on thing was that you guys she posted in her stories, I believe, where she, Justin Bieber was walking around with like an IV bag for a time and we were noticing and and by the way this continues to this day because i just did the news item two weeks ago about justin bieber postponing his 21 2021 i told you re-announced dates he had re-announced these dates and then a month later re-announced it now that's not going to happen we're going to move it to 2022 but you had a theory was that like justin bieber was potentially uh addicted to some insane drugs at at a time I mean, obviously we know he goes through mental, uh, has some mental illness potentially, but we don't really know. But like you had this, you, you were pointing out that I had never noticed before that he was traveling with an IV bag. Right. And then it came out, he had Lyme disease. And a lot of people think Lyme disease is the new like exhaustion when it comes yeah. to celebrities. 
but I do not think Justin Bieber will ever tour again, ever. What, what, what is he? And I, I'm trying to like, is just he like, cause you guys don't know, like, but Brian Wilson was one of the first ones that dealt with something like this. He was a, a the prime member of the beach boys and he was a genius. You guys, like, I mean, just a, a, a pet sounds, the Beatles were even like, they listened to pet sounds back in the day. And they're like, I, that, that caused them to make Sergeant Pepper's lonely hearts club band because they heard the production on that. But he, Brian Wilson had done so much acid had so like lost um, and, and just really kind of like went crazy for a while. He actually at a point built a sandbox in his bedroom and he would just play in a sandbox oh and my then God. just create noise that he had heard in his head. And so when you listen to the beach boys music, and I'm not talking about like Kokomo and all that shit, like this, I'm talking when Brian Wilson was a part of the beach boys, you hear all of these layers. He would do like 12 track harmonies where everything is layered. And like, this was just all the shit he was seeing from like all these acid trips, but he was like kind of an unqualified genius, but he lost his mind. And then in the eighties, he'd also gained a, a shit ton of weight, but then uh, there was a uh, psychiatrist that pretty much like got control of him, but then took control of his entire life. And kind of, he was this therapist hostage and like everything went through this therapist. There's a great movie called um, love and uh, love and death or something. It's, it's John Cusack and he plays the older Brian Wilson. And then the younger Brian Wilson is played by Paul Dano. And it's a beautiful movie. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it really highly recommend it. Paul Giamatti plays the therapist, but he had to like, eventually get like this woman helped break him free of this therapist who had such a strong control on him. And Brian Wilson thought, you know, this, this guy is the, the only reason I'm sane, which maybe that, maybe that for Justin Bieber is Scooter Braun, you know, maybe that is his therapist. Yeah. I think after his purpose tour, that was like a crash and burn kind of tour. That's when things were really bad. You remember when he would just sit on stage and just and sit cry? down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and he was just like, and I was like, what? a!" And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be doing stadiums. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And then there was one night where like people didn't clap loud enough for something. So he canceled the show, like really bizarre behavior. And I almost think going on tour triggers him. I think that's like a trigger for him. And again, all, all roads lead back to Scooter Braun. And I don't think Scooter cares. Like Scooter acted like the white knight saving Bieber, saving Ariana Grande saving Demi and all this stuff. But I'm like, then why are they all on the verge of like breakdowns all the time? Well, and and then you do, you know, you realize that kind of uh, rarefied air of being that famous. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously Michael Jackson had insane issues. You know, Madonna doesn't seem like she's super all there all the time. Like that many people loving you and hating you has to be so insane. And if you're somebody that is potentially fragile, which most artists are, you're really, you got a tough road ahead of you if you don't have any kind of, and I know Haley is that to him, it feels like a real rock in a way. And it feels like Haley is like, her job is just to make, like hug him, you know? Yeah, like, and, and I think one thing with Bieber, cause I actually have a lot of sympathy for him. I talk, yeah, I talk, about some, I talk some crap about him, but I do have a lot of sympathy. Cause if you think about it, he was plucked overnight by Scooter. Basically, his parents had to sign the rights over to Scooter so Scooter could make him work in the United States. So I do think that there's just so much in, there's a really dark rabbit hole if you look at what P. Diddy did to Usher. Usher did the same thing to Bieber. And that's all allegedly, you know, there's just a lot of darkness with that. But um, I just think he's been really abused and used. And, you know, I'm sure going on tour is a big trigger for him because those people who used and abused him 
are usually a part of his tours at some point. It, it really, is. I mean, I mean, maybe those uh, two little buns on his head, like have some kind of deal with like keeping his brain in or something. Maybe there's magnets in those buns or something, but like, I mean, there's almost I, a part of me that wonders if he wants to look unattractive. So people don't want to give him attention. That's a really interesting point. And I have two examples of people that I potentially, there was uh back in the day when Johnny Depp wasn't considered a monster and all that stuff. He, you know, was once asked like, well, why do you wear so many bracelets? And you're always, you know, like you're always covering up his beautiful face you have. And he would just like, and he, it was like that way of like, he didn't want to be as considered beautiful he didn't want to like he wanted to hide all of that he wanted to hide under you know necklaces and bracelets and hats and like he wanted because you know here johnny depp back in the day was potentially one of the best looking men Mm -hmm. out there but you know he would always be hiding under like beanies and all of this stuff and it was like this thing and i kind of think in a, a lesser degree and more of a uh you know i laugh about him a lot but in a way I think potentially that's Rob Kardashian as well. Mm -hmm. Here is somebody that kind of hides now behind his fat, you know, is that he will never, because think about it, Chloe, we saw her bust her ass to get like to insane shape. Rob could do the same thing, but I think Rob is so mentally fragile that he also, I think it also protects him of like, he'll never get back to his initial weight because I don't think he wants, I don't think he wants to ever be in the public eye again in that way. I don't think, I mean, I think he sees, remember when he left, Kim and Kanye's wedding before the wedding because he he got like paparazzi shots taken of him and he yeah. was like ashamed of his weight. And I, I I totally get that. But I do think it's interesting when he has enough money and family where he could pay people to move his limbs for him. He could have every surgery in the world. He could have everything. He could look exactly like the Rob Kardashian of old. But I think there's something in him that like at the end of the day, it's not worth it for him because I don't think he likes, I mean, I know he loves his sisters, but I don't think he likes them. You know, yeah, I don't think yeah, he I likes agree. their life. I agree. And he's like, so forgotten. I feel bad for Rob. But I think he wants to be forgotten in some ways. I think, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he like yeah. just totally wants, but he doesn't seem like he chases anything. It is interesting. I always feel like it is potentially always men too that are emotionally fragile, which leads yeah. me, you know, like I think we are emotionally fragile, just like Scott Disick. Like, oh my God, you guys, I have so much pain inside me. And I feel that too. Like there are some days I wake up and I just don't, I just am not happy and I don't know why. And I have so many great things and so much privilege, you know, and I just don't. And it's like, you can't lie and say you feel good when you don't. Like just sometimes your mental chemistry is not, is all fucked up. Yeah, I mean, we could have a cry off right now, Ryan. Let's do it. I mean, (laughs) that's huge for podcast ratings. Um, But I do wonder about Justin. Like, where does this? It is that kind of emotionally fragile thing. And like, I, I do think Justin Bieber. I mean, every. But you're right. Everybody's used him. Like, even when he goes to religion, religion is the one place where God is supposed to accept you. And he ends up in these fucking churches with wild guys that cheat on their wives and like Carl Lentz and all these just wild things. And I just think that's like so sad because even when you turn to somebody like God, you end up in this like weird Hillsong church where they're just kind of dirty dudes Mm -hmm. using God. And I got to think that's even kind of fucked up his head too of like, wow, I can't go anywhere and do, you know, everything, everybody wants something to me or be around me so they can get more girls or more money or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with everything you said. Um, so I will be, uh, which by the way, did you read that new Hillsong article? Not Carl Lentz, but another preacher from Hillsong got in trouble because he was, what do you, he was doing this kind of scam with girls in his church where he would, um, 
he was a very well endowed African-American man. And he would post himself in his boxers with the huge, like his outline of his huge dong. And like, he would add girls to his close friends list. And it would be a shot of him and his like boxer with a huge dong, but it would be like, I, you know, depression kicked my ass all day yesterday, but today I got to the gym and did a 30 minute workout. I'm going to kick depression's ass, but then it would be him and his huge dong. And then he would send it to like hot girls in his church. And he'd be like, Oh, Hey, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to add you to my close friends list. Please do not look at the the thing that I posted. And then they would of course go and it would be like him with his huge dong out, you know, yeah. and then we all called him. It was like, Hey, I know the scam you're running and it's really gross. And I don't know how many people have fallen for it, but you got it. Like, and the guy ended up like kind of admitting to it and got let go from Hillsong. It's honestly just such a gross abuse of power. I mean, yeah. Like, do you think God is like, livid he's like dude you're representing me like this is in like god's like i'm livid right now like can all you guys with the thick ring brim glasses stop making me look bad <laughs> by the way god it's like you don't need to be this fashionable in fact i'd rather you not like be this fashionable you know i, I know didn't he just wear like cloth wasn't that i don't know he's i'm, just I'm not gonna like, offend had, no, no, i'm no, not no. gonna he, offend people i'm he, sorry you know he had a strappy sandals and that was like his thing you know yeah but, also, you shouldn't look like you're a member of Mumford and Sons if you're a preacher. I'm sorry. I feel like it should be just something like a, like a simple robe. I like, agree. You know? I agree. Um, well, Kelly, uh, what do we need to, how do we support you? The podcast is Nostalgia Now with Laguna Biatch. The account, of course, is Laguna Biatch, which everybody follows his account. If you don't, go follow. I mean, I think she, like you got like 70,000 or something. I'm insane. almost there. Thank you. So go follow, go subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars. That really does help. I'm not even lying to you guys. And, and if you can't rate me five stars too, but it really does help. But what can we be expecting on the podcast? Because I also believe you just got a new job too. Yeah. So I just got a new full-time job, but the hundredth episode of my podcast comes out on Tuesday and Jemmy from the real world is my guest. So oh my God. we had a really great conversation. Um, Ryan, you'll be on soon. I'm oh, the worst when it comes time. to guests. Oh, be, but... By the way. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you were supposed to do your first live show for Laguna Biatch. It was going to yes. be April 25th of like 2020, I believe. And then the mm -hmm. pandemic happened and Jenny was going to be your in-person guest. So it's great. She's on the hundredth episode, but will you be doing a makeup date for that show now that things are starting to get back to normal? I hope so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I would love to stick with Zanies, but I don't know if that'll work out this time. Um, I think if I do a show, it'll probably be in Massachusetts. So all my friends and family can go instead of Nashville. Well, that's awesome. Well, you've got to let us know when that yeah. is as well. So I can post it on my stories and talk about it on the podcast. Cause it would be awesome if we can go. I mean, that really, I mean, my dream, like all of this is just, it would just be so cool to be able to just do the podcast full time and then just go travel and do cool shit. Like go see your show and meet podcast people and stuff like that. Like that really is, um, would be the dream. And I think it's so interesting, like not interesting, but the pandemic has been so crazy. So coming out of it is just so wild because you're like, Oh, is it all right to think of possibilities again? Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I was actually telling my friends, I was like, you know, I feel like we went into it too quick. Like there's been a lot of trauma this past year. I think we need to like live in the trauma just a little bit, acknowledge the trauma and then move forward. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, could we have like one more month of like yeah. where we just don't, 
maybe talk to each other at all. And that, or like, maybe like, I feel like the government, the only thing I really want in the government is to kind of given us a little bit of a more heads up, a little bit of a calendar of like, Hey, you might want to try to reach out to five people you haven't talked to, uh, you know, and like maybe one coffee date is mandated, like try to get out there. You guys, we need you to get out there a little bit this week, but like all of a sudden, every concert, every band I've ever known has announced tour dates. Like, and it's funny because they were like, you saw the first music festival, which I think was life is beautiful in October. They announced their lineup first. And that was when they were like, okay, by October, everything will be all right. And now they announced that. And then things got even kind of moved up where like, Oh, we can move things even closer. So Mm -hmm. now bands are like announcing August dates. I, I see some July things popping in there and I'm like, Whoa, this is wild. And also, but I don't need everybody touring. I mean, my bank account can't handle it, you know? I know. I'm like, Taylor Swift, why did you cancel Loverfest? We could have had it. <laughs> what do you think Taylor's going to do? She released now two amazing albums during the pandemic on top of never having to never having toured for Lover to begin with. At this point, she did cancel Loverfest. She offered refunds and all of that stuff. What will she do? Because those two albums, I don't know, are like stadium albums. They're amazing. Like, they're amazing, but they would work better in a theater or even an arena. What do you think she'll do? I pray it's stadiums because Swifties will fight each other if it's in like a small area. I think she should just do a stadium tour. Maybe that'll be the next pandemic. It's just on just Swifties just fighting it. Or that's like the, the, the civil war of Swifties or something, you know, but as um, an elder Swiftie, I think I'm gonna, I think I can beat these little 13 year olds up. And also like, I just want to see, I want to see live the song with uh Bon Iver from folklore, but like, I know he won't go on tour with her. So I'm like, is that just uh, out of the set now? Even though I think that's like a chilling song. Um, we'll sing it. The Swifties got it. We got his verse. Oh my God, that would be kind of cool. Like, <laughs> da, 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 da. We have to sing in our lowest register. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I would really, really love that. I gotta, I really do love Taylor Swift. Like I grew, I've grown more in love with her each year. And I just, I can't, I feel like here's somebody that really puts her money where her mouth is. She always seems on the right side of things. And I know we make fun of her for who she dates, but it's like, even that's kind of legendary in its cool way. It's like, yeah, man, like females are dating like a lot of cool dudes. Like, you know, like I think she's always just handled things. She stood up for herself. I don't like, I don't get people ever making fun of her. Like, what are you making fun of somebody that like works really hard and really cares about putting out great product? I, I don't understand it. I've been a Swifty through it all, through reputation. When people were like, oh, she's a snake. I'm like, yeah, me too. Let's go. I'll be a snake. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a say, I'm, I'm, I'm a snake as well. Yeah. yeah. We are, but by the way, like, I love that also. And I love like we all turned against her when that Kanye and Kim like little clips got released. And then she released the actual conversation. And it kind of like you realize that she really was kind of fucked over. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity is like wild. And then I think Kim was like, I'm not going to acknowledge this. I'm like, of course you're not. Yeah. I mean, well, but I just even love in the sense of like, she's a real, you can tell she's a real fan because she do, she puts Easter eggs and things. Like she puts like, you know, she has like the, her and her uh, boyfriend, maybe husband, um, you know, who's there, the pseudonym they write under, like they put the name. Yeah. Like, I have, I have thoughts that about that. You don't like, oh I have thoughts about who William Bowery really is. Um, I think it's Taylor Swift. I think it's Taylor Swift writing I, under a 
But that see, is what I, I think. see, I, I love that. Like, I love people that do those like kind of Easter eggs where it's like, that's cool. That's legendary. That's something we can talk about. And that's something you can tell people that, and by the way, what she's talking about, there's a accredited writer on um, the, a lot of those songs, William Bowery, and that's not an actual person or, or somebody that can, you know, you can point to, you know? Well, people, she said it's Joe, but I still don't believe it. There's still a part of me that's like, I just don't believe it. And I hate to be that person. I just, I, I'm not saying they're not a couple. Well, maybe I, William Bowery is like their love. Maybe that's like them together. Maybe. You know, maybe that's like representative of their relationship, that person. I don't know. Do you remember when Lady Gaga dressed as a guy at the VMAs as like her of alter course, ego? Like Tony, uh, what was that? Tony something. I was kind of hoping Taylor Swift would do that. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine if Taylor Swift did a Chris Gaines moment? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, like a, a, a Chrissy Gaines. Ooh. And by the way, uh, I also wanted to point out, I forgot to say this, uh, Born This Way, Lady Gaga's uh, album, uh, 10th anniversary today. Wow. 10th anniversary of Born This Way, which is so fun. And, and West Hollywood actually, uh, right in front of the Abbey today, revealed uh, they painted the entire street uh, with the words Born This Way. That's uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, that, that was really, really cool. So congratulations to Lady Gaga. I'm sure you're listening. Um uh, and also congratulations to Kelly Williams. You really are one of the best people there is at this. You guys really do go need to go listen to her podcast. If you don't, um, really great guests, really funny, not just the Hills pop culture moments as well. But if you love the Hills, you can go pick up any, uh, one of her past episodes and, and put yourself back in, uh, something that we all have fond memories of. And I don't mean the new Hills, the old Hills. So <laughs> right, the old Hills. Uh, but also go celebrate her hundredth episode. Really go listen to that. Give, let's give her some big numbers on that. And uh, hopefully we'll continue this conversation again because I, it's like two hours and we didn't do anything. I feel. I know. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah, love thank you all for doing your this. success. And let me toot your horn. You're one of the no, nicest no, no, people. No. Yes. An asshole. And I always, I always see you like top 50 and I'm always like, hell yeah, Ryan. Do you wait for, I, to be honest, I never look at any charts anymore. You always so chart. I don't. I see. I don't even, I wouldn't know that. So that's me. But you know what the coolest thing is? And I think you think this too, is that sometimes I'll wake up after I do a podcast or something and like I'm West coast, but somebody on the East coast will be listening to the podcast and they'll put it in their Instagram stories and they'll be like, Oh, this made me think, or this made me laugh. To me, those are the best ways to wake up. I mean, sometimes it's a little scary because you think uh, somebody's going to be mad at me. And then you're like, Oh, they're just listening to the podcast and they like it. That to me always like melts my heart, you know? I yeah, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. Well, you guys, I hope you like this conversation and put it in your Instagram stories and tag me and Kelly. So um, Laguna Biatch, Nostalgia Now, go do it. Hundredth episode, Tuesday. Jemmy from the real world and uh, Kelly, hopefully we will talk to you very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Always. Betches.